Yo, what's going on, everybody? My name's Jerson. And I'm Raymond Garcia. You're listening to a collection of conversations. Let's go. What is up? My name is Alex. This is another episode of Collection of Conversations. This is like take number 14. I fucked up multiple times, but my fellas are rolling with me, being patient and kind with me. But yeah, you heard it in the intro. I'm with two talented people, two individuals that I'm really excited to, to make happen. Jerson was 97 minutes late. Raymond was on time, so we're super excited. But like we said, I'm with Jerison, and I'm with Raymond Garcia. And before we even get started, let's give it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's up, fellas? How you doing? Good afternoon. What's going on? Man, I, I'm, I'm with my boy Jay. He just won his bowling tournament with uh, with his girl. Shout out to his girl. I don't know what yeah. it's up to you. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I heard he bowled a 240. It was in a 300, but... We gotta just gotta keep trying. Was it a legit two forty? Let before we even get started, was it? I'm gonna be honest. It was like a two forty seven. But oh shit! I thought he was going the other way. I'm a good bowler. Back to back strikes. Really? Some spares. We we gotta we gotta test this in person. If I don't see it, doesn't matter. When yeah, like that's random. Like usually you see fifty eight year old men bowling or like children bowling. How did a young? Look, I'm telling you, I can throw that bowling ball twenty miles per hour. Damn. Every Why'd single you say time. Like that? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Wait, when when did you get into bowling, bro? Because I mean that's like one of those that's like is that a sport? Yeah. It's a sport, I, right? I mean okay. technically it's a sport, yeah. That's a controversial take right there early <laughs> on, man. We're, we're, I'm gonna let that slide right now. We're gonna revisit that. But bowling, man, how did you get into that? You said you're in a league. You're with yeah, your ladies' so, family. Yeah, so my girls' family, they like to do a bunch of leagues. So um during the summer we did a softball league and they're going into winter like hey we, do, we have a bowling league do you want to join and i was like you know what i like bowling i never bowled competitively so let's go sounds pretty interesting and was that the first time you started bowling in, in that league uh yeah with the league yeah but i have a friend who likes to go bowling every so often so it's nothing new you know i know i've been good damn been now i'm good. just showing out now he's showing <laughs> out so you guys do it competitively you guys yeah. do it they do pull. They do a little, like side hustles. We got like, um, strike, the like strike bowls or whatever. We got a whoever who is it? Whoever throws the most strikes or what? Oh yeah, and like they have like a card game, which is like the first time I've ever seen the card game where it's like, every time you hit a strike or a spare, you collect a deck. Like you collect a card from the deck. Yeah, and the the person with the highest, uh, I can see the highest a drinking hand. card out of the, or drinking game out of this where. If you bowl a strike, everyone else has to take a drink. Hey, that's a- that's part of bowling because let me tell you, they love to drink. <laughs> it it does seem like bowling does go hand in hand with with drinking. Is that is that part of the experience? Like having some drinks while while bowling? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like, especially like with this league, like it being my first league, I feel like they're just. I mean, we're just there for fun. So a lot of them were just like, hey, like let's throw them back. <laughs> you know, let's keep drinking. I just feel like you're sitting down a lot too, waiting for the next person to go. So like you got to fill your time with something. So it's either talking shit or you're drinking. Yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah. So you're a badass bowler. Shout out to you, man. That's uh, growing up. Did you bowl? Like was your family bowling or what? Nah, and that's and that's what's interesting that, like, I feel like his well personally like coming from like a Hispanic culture like. Yeah, you get together, but for birthday parties, it's never a, oh, let's get together for like a baseball game or a softball game. And I feel like 
I, I, I have like vivid like memories of like going to like play a softball game like with just family like just just for fun, but like not as an adult. So I feel like it, it's it's cool to have the opportunity to to just like yeah, you go know out what there for fun. I realized that too because hey, when I was growing up, man, we had like football games. We would have a bunch of like really big family gatherings. As I got older too, like I started noticing that we would do that less and less every single year. So growing up for you, like where where did you grow up? What were we- I grew up in uh, oh my god, the small ass like city uh, close to San Luis Obispo called Los Osos, and yeah, that's where our grandparents were. So every single time we'd have a big ass like party, everyone would be coming to us. So like for Christmas, Thanksgiving, all that, they would be coming over to us. And so we would have like these big, like we would have to sometimes rent out like a, the community center over there, all that. And like, I remember exactly what you're talking about. Like, just like we would do like legit, like big ass family games and we would play like football uh, to like soccer. I remember one time, but yeah, good times. But then all of a sudden I started getting older and it, like it's, it's it slowly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what, um, just for the people listening. So what, what's your nationality? I'm Filipino, so yeah. Just saying, <laughs> I'm fucking Filipino. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Yeah, and then for you, Jerson, for everybody listening, uh, what's your nationality? I'm a Latino. You're a Latino. Where's your family from? Uh, my mom's from uh, a little small rancho in Bulacan called Costa Rica, and my dad's from Querétaro. Damn, yeah. and how, how did they meet? Um, I think my dad was the first one to come to the States and for some odd reason, they ended up, um, having a mutual friend way before they even got here and they ended up living in the same house and that's how they started dating. Oh shit. That made it, that made things convenient. Yeah. And you just came back from visiting your family down South, right? I did. I did. Man, from what I remember you telling me, you got to ride some horses, do do the whole nine, get the get the entire experience, huh? Yeah, I mean, that was my first time ever riding a horse. And it was the funnest, most relaxing, but scariest thing I've ever done. Because they have the mind of their own. And the horse I was in, or I was on. <laughs> yeah. God damn, I, the I was like, hey, this shit hey, took a twist fast. Are you sure that wasn't a TJ? The, hey, he didn't tell me that story. Let me tell sure you, you that was the story that he did. TJ? <laughs> it was a horse zebra? Yeah, right, I, I've never been to TJ, but yeah, the horse I was on, uh, <laughs> he kept biting. He kept throwing bites at the horse next to me, and I was just like, yo. And then he tried to gallop a couple of times, and yeah. I was like, yo, like I'm, I'm a newbie. Like I, I will fall, Take and I easy. will cry. <laughs> That's cool, man. So... In, 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 where, where did you go when you visited? So I went to where my dad's from, uh, which is Querétaro. And he lives in a little small town called Tequisquiapan. And it's pretty cool. I, I feel like every time I go, I mean, even when I went, because I lived in Mexico for a little bit when I was younger. And um, it's exactly the same. Like they, the, their streets are well decorated. There's banners everywhere. And then he lives, uh, like down the street from the like the little town center, and it's it's just fun. It's like it's fun going out there and just every time I go, I just I it already have in mind like 
I need to get little souvenirs for everybody when I go back home. So, like, it's cool to have it, like, super close and just to, like, see family who I haven't seen in years because I, I don't really get the chance to go, so. And and for people, even for me, being honest, like, where is that in relation to, like, Mexico? Like, are we talking northern, southern? I think it's more southern. Down southern, yeah. so it was a deep into that little. Yeah, yeah, because I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't know where it's at. You just flew there and just in relation to Mexico City, I have no clue where it's at. Oh, in really? American yeah. geography, failing this again. I, yeah, <laughs> I've never taken a geography class, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. But all yeah. right, well, we'll do uh, military geography. How long was the flight? <laughs> uh, the flight was almost three hours. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. so yeah, you went deep, deep into it, man. That's that's interesting. Yeah, those locations that you just mentioned, I ain't never heard of them. I was like, damn. How how is it going back as an adult, like? Cause you have you were born in you were born here yeah so like in comparison you know you you born and raised here in, in you know California and then you go back to that part of Mexico like was it a culture shock in any capacity uh, I don't think so only because like I said like when I was younger for what whatever the reason was I had to live out there for a little bit so I had the chance to like go back and forth from where my pops grew up to where my mom lived so. And, I, and, like, throughout the years, like, I've had the opportunity to go, but I, I feel like as an adult, it's different because there's, like, now now you can go out with your older cousins, and yeah. there's, there's like, a common ground. Like, now, you, now they can take you out to, a, like, when I went out there, we went to a winery. Before, it's like, we can't take you out to a winery because you're young. Yeah. So, like, now it's, it was a little funner. I feel like um, I felt a lot closer to, like, my family now than compared to back then yeah you yeah that's interesting yeah that, that's such a good point you, and and i'm sure there's like uh i'm sure your family was super excited to spend time with you and, and see you as an adult and see everything you've accomplished yeah because um we've never had so i have a twin brother and then i have two other siblings and we've never had the chance to just go out just go out there at, all at once and then we've never had the opportunity to go out together with my dad so now that he has a chance to go out there, we just take advantage of it. And then during spring break, we just we went out there, just made the most of it, and just, like, caught up with some family. And why is that? Why hasn't ever been an opportunity? Is it just... Um, I feel like before, I mean, with the whole military thing, like, a, a lot of times it's more of, like, our, our, our schedules, like, just interfere with each other. And, like, in relation to my dad, like, my dad didn't have a citizenship. So, like, just recently he got that. And, um. Hold on. We can't just be like, give it up for fucking the pops <laughs> right there. Getting his citizenship, man. That's a big yeah. thing for a lot of the community, man. That's a, that's a big uh, milestone for family because that changes things drastically. Now, now yeah. the family's able to go out there and revisit. How long has it been since he was able to see his own family? So, he hadn't seen his mom for, like, I want to say 20 years. So. Crazy. I think a week after he had gotten his his whole citizenship and all the paperwork in, he he took off and he just had that little small reunion. Um, and my grandma's just getting older, so he he kept press like not pressing us, but he kept nudging at us and saying like, "Hey, we all got to get together." Um, you know, she's getting older, and she's got to be able to see us like all together, like at least once. So. Um, the spring break, I mean, we had the opportunity. We flew my sister back out from Kansas because she lives out there with her husband. So we flew her out, my nephew, and then 
we just all got together. I got the chance to take my girl. My brother got a chance to take his girl. And yeah, I mean, we just, we had the opportunity to just go out there and just make the most of it. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing, man, because you think about that, like not being able to see your own mother for 20 plus years just because of whatever factor it is. You know, there's really no. And, I, and I'm sure there's aspects of that you can you can relate to. Right, Raymond, because I know some of your families is in, is in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I I mean, I'm, I'm actually going to be going out to the Philippines here in May. And uh, the. uh the, the reason I'm going is, is for actually for my grandma's one year, uh, essentially death anniversary. And, um, it was, it was kind of a big deal last year when we were trying to kind of get everybody out here from the Philippines cause she passed here in the States. And so we were trying to get them like temporary visas just for the, the funeral and all that. And that was something huge. And like, again, shout out to your pops, but we couldn't even get a temp visa for them to come out for their own mother's funeral. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be going out there, and oh my God, I can't wait. I, I feel like my mom's already been hitting up all my aunts <laughs> and uncles, making sure that they have, like, potential wives lined up, and oh my God, it's going to be it's gonna be a weird but fun experience. How do you feel about that, man? You're going to have a roster out there to choose from. <laughs> You're going to come back, and he's going to be like, yo, I'm yeah, married. I'm married. <laughs> be like, yo, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there, and gonna be like, oh, that's not what I signed up for. And they're going to start. Running. Is you know like you say that and I joke and I know and I know you joke about it but I'm I'm sure there's some truth attached to that right like is is that something that your 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 family kind of presses you on Oh my all the time yeah whenever oh whenever I talk to them they're like oh why don't you where's your girl where's your girlfriend where's your girl oh, where why aren't you married you're already like you're already getting so old why you're not married I'm like I don't I'm not trying to get married as soon as possible but I'm not gonna lie. I, I definitely just want to, I'm just kind of going through life just as it flows, so. And what's that look like for you, like, going through life right now? What, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now I'm just kind of trying to finish up school uh, while doing a startup business, uh, having a part-time job while also, like, pursuing some hobbies, so. Busy. <laughs> that's one word to say. Sounds busy, man. That's a lot of, that's a lot of juggling. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I I literally feel like I'm I'm constantly moving, but I love that because whenever I just sit down, I feel like there's something wrong. I I, <laughs> I have the type of personality where I, I always need to constantly be moving or constantly be doing something. Where Where do you think that comes from? Because just like be, being having the privilege of knowing you and, and being able to spend time with you, like that's one thing I always see is like you're always on to the next step or always on to yo yo. I was thinking or yo yo. I got this going on. Like wh wh where do you think that comes from? I don't know. I th I think honestly, it, it has something to do with just I always I always gotta have something that I'm. I don't. I I just can't sit still. I literally I can't sit still. I I have a very active like mindset where I, I gotta be doing something something, and if I'm sitting still, I it, it just feels weird to me. That's interesting. Yeah, the de de definitely. Uh, I can see that. I can see that in you. Every day, every day at the freaking VRC, he's <laughs> running around. You hear him before he comes in. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny that, like you say, like you can't sit still because there's times where you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I got to be either talking to someone, doing something, keeping my mind preoccupied because, yeah, you I know, don't know. You know what would be fascinating to know is like, 
to see you as like a seven year old. Like your mom probably went like, she, oh my, you should tell me. They probably time. weren't out yet, but a hundred percent. If you were born now, you'd be one of those kids on a leash. They'd be like, you know, like we got we to <laughs> keep track of her. And my parents have told me that multiple times. They said if they if they had that right now or back then, I would, you would have been on a leash a hundred percent. I was everywhere. Where'd you grow up? Like where where were you? Uh, so yeah, so Los Angeles, California. It was uh, like Central Coast, like Central Coast of uh, California. And every single time they took me somewhere, they had to bring something that like would at least keep me preoccupied because they couldn't leave me alone and just me be able to behave essentially. So I was always going off, like doing something either dumb, dangerous, or just getting in trouble so you're saying nothing has changed <laughs> i was about to ask the same thing so it's, go ahead we've always been like this yeah oh 100 because that was a big question i've had i've had like I, I didn't know if there whether there was like a switch at some point in time where you were just like you know what i'm outgoing I, I feel like if anything i feel like it's it's only i've gotten better i feel like back then there would there, i had no there was no like something in the back of my head telling me you know we probably should chill out right now because there are times where i'm like oh i think i'm going over the top i need to relax yeah. back then no it was 100 percent go like all the time and you yeah I, well at the I don't, I, uh newsflash uh you still are that way <laughs> <Newsflash>. <laughs> uh breaking news <laughs> we just got a report in you are still like that right so but you when you were meant you, you know you were speaking and right you talked about some of the the hobbies you have and, and, and the startup business that you're kind of exploring. What, what are, what are your hobbies right now as a, uh, how old are you? I'm 27. So what are your hobbies right now as a 27 year old? Uh, so as I, and I know what you're trying to allude to. I feel like, uh, you're, you're alluding to, uh, my, my, my first big hobby, which is, uh, martial arts or AKA MMA. Uh, I've, I actually recently just had a Muay Thai fight. Didn't, didn't pan out the way I wanted. I got, I, Lost by decision, uh, but uh, yeah, I love doing just combat sports, whether it be like MMA, boxing, uh, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, something to like that will keep me active. I I I, I can't sit still, and like I said, and so uh, yeah, that's one of my biggest things. And I don't know how far I'm gonna take this, but as of right now, I absolutely love it. I love every every second of, of being able to show my skills and, and improve on them. So, yeah, man. And, and although, um, yeah, although you just recently had a fight, I was there, I was in tennis. I, I, I had the privilege of, of attending, um, great time. And, and, and you say you, it didn't go your way, man. But, uh, I know, I know Jerison was there as well, but man, you, you, you sure did, uh, put out, you know, I, you lost by decision. Um, there was height, uh, height disadvantage. <laughs> height say <laughs> How tall was that dude? Rumor has he was like seven was nine. Like, dog. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he looked seven nine next to me, but he was six one. I'm five six. He towered so. over Raymond. Oh man, yeah. Shout out to the homie, man. He 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 put in work. He did yep. his thing. He he had a good game plan. Um, but uh, but also for you, man. I it it that that was a very enjoyable time. Uh, man, I think me and Jerison at the end of it, Jer Jerison and I were there with a, with a, with a big group. Um, 
I couldn't talk the next day. I, I was I was so raspy. We ended up like uh, cheating our way down. I felt like ghetto. It's a like, VIP, yeah, yeah, because you, like, yeah, because you know, like growing up, my pops would take me to baseball games. It'd be like a seven dollar ticket, yeah. but like the fifth inning, we're in the like below the dugout, <laughs> right? So I felt like it was that every time a opportunity had, Jerry would be like, "Yo, yo, they're open." So we we'd get the whole yeah, crew down we were there. like, yeah, we were just like scouting out. Like every time someone got up, we we're like, "Do we fit?" Because it was a big group. It was like. Both of us. Big ass group. So we're just like, oh, do we fit down there? Like, who, who's going to have to stand up? And then, and then we saw the, the front cleared out, and we just freaking ran and just took Man, over. Man, I'm not going to lie. I looked over at you guys. No one was sitting down. You guys were screaming your ass off. I was like, oh, shit, I got to perform right now. Yeah, like Alex <laughs> said, I mean, the I, I I lost my voice for like two, three days. I was like, <laughs> god damn. I just, what, I, what, I, what specifically I need is I need someone that wants to clang and bang technically. I just want to. You, hey, I'm down to I, I'm down to take a couple of licks and hey, hey, keep fucking throwing. I think that's your approach, right? That your style is moving forward. Yeah, pressure, pressure, like 100. You know, I, I'm always fascinated by individuals that participate in combat sports. Like, how how did you get into that? How did that start? Where did that come from? I know Jarris and I are always talking about it. Like, it's funny. It's I actually just was talking about my coach about this last week because on Sundays we do our fight team practices and we start at the track, so we got to do. A bunch of sprints. He just, he, man, I, I, I feel like my coach enjoys watching us suffer on the track. I don't know why. But uh, I initially started it because I, I, I got out of the military. I was in the Marines. Uh, I, I, I got out. How, how long were you in the Marines for? I was in the Marines for five years, 2013 to 2018. So I was in for five years. I got out and I was doing my thing. And all I was doing, I was lifting. So I, I felt strong, but like I, I could tell I was still, I was getting fat. So I was like. I and I hate running. The military <laughs> me made too. me hate <laughs> running, and so I uh, I got out. And I was like, I gotta find something where I can start doing like actual cardio or something like active, that like I'm not just running in circles or doing none of that. So I I started. Uh, shout out to to Stanley Sobondi. Uh, I met him at at the Irvine Valley College Veteran Resource Center, and uh, he put me on this gym out in Santa Ana called Rounders. And uh, there I started doing jujitsu, and uh, I have a wrestling background. And um, in high school, did that start from yeah, high school? Yeah, high school. And um, I also have a mentality where, like, I don't like I, I'm I'm pretty competitive, so I, I went in there, and uh, I had this certain mindset. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go out a little off topic, but uh, when I first went in there, I remember I saw this guy, and I I, I obviously didn't know who anyone was or what. But he came up to me and was like, oh, what's going on? Oh, you new here? Cool. My name's Jonathan. Like, hey, welcome here. And, oh, this is great to have you. Whatever you need, let me know. Instantly, I thought, I'm going to fuck that dude up. He's like, whatever, no big deal. <laughs> and then I remember. Shout I out to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan right now is like, damn, dog, I met him. And I was thinking, yeah. I'm going to be his friend. <laughs> Raymond thought, I'm going to fuck I'm you up. <laughs> And then I remember I look in the corner and you have this guy that has like headphones in. He has like a jacket on for just just getting, I don't know, warming up, hood on. And he just has his head down and he just kind of just pacing back and forth. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna, that dude's going to, I got to avoid him. And then we, we get through it, all that. And still Jonathan, the, the, the bubbly guy. He was still like that all throughout practice, and we finally get to actual, uh, like, rolling. We get to, like, actually spar, essentially. And he taps me out within 20 seconds, and then just over and over and over again. And uh, I have that mentality. I was like, oh, 
okay, I got to get back in there. And I, I, I got him next day. I'll get him. I'll get him. And I kept coming in. I, I started falling in love with it. And then um, it wasn't like the actual like striking of it. So like Muay Thai and all then boxing. I really didn't get into it until I saw one of my coaches fight. So uh, later on down the road, about like six, six to eight months later, I saw my coach fight and it was like a work of art. Like he, the, the way he was able to move, the way he was striking, he was setting everything up. It was, it was a, it was a masterpiece. It was, it was literally a, an art form. And so I instantly fell in love with it right then and there. And then I remember I was like, Hey, I, I saw him in the back, congratulating on, congratulating him. Cause he got a TKO victory. And I, I, I was like, coach, I'll be in there Monday. And so I, I went in there Monday and I got my butt kicked like fucked up and uh again that competitive nature in me just kind of i was like nah stick through it stick through it you'll get it next day you'll get it the next day and so from then on i just absolutely fell in love with it and what 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 keeps me coming back is that camaraderie that that i essentially lost when i got out of the military i found again in this gym where we're literally like we are putting our bodies through hell just to improve each other and then like coming in like brothers, sisters in there. Yeah, shout out to Rounder Santa Ana, man. I hear nothing but great things coming out of that camp. All the people there all like even being at that fight, you know, everybody's so loving and supporting. You could you could see that community. When you started out in, in um you know, mixed martial arts, did you ever, like, was it your plan to say, hey, I want to fight, I want to have a fight, or was it, like, a more of a training, or, like, how did that manifest into what you're doing now? Yeah, or? no, I, I mean, it started out as just a cardio thing, and then uh, the competitive nature in me came out, my coach was like, hey, there's this jujitsu competition coming up, let's do that, so I was like, all right, you know what, let's do it, I, I think I got it. Ended up hurting myself, I was, I tore my rotator cuff, tore a bicep, and, and a muscle in my back, did that whole nine, and then um, later on, when I finally healed up, that's when I saw my coach fight, and I, that's when I started doing uh, Muay Thai, and just, I don't know, something about it, uh, I, I again saw another one of my, my teammates fight instantly, I wanted to, I wanted to take the next so one. So that, that's what sparked it uh, Absolutely. into fighting. I mean, you you kind of, I feel like you felt it, because yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how much of my, or your business... You want me putting it out there, but I know you you started getting the itch to just try it out, and I feel like that a little a little bit stemmed out of uh, just watching it, like just 100%. being in that ambiance of it, and like understanding, wow, this is it's more than just honestly two, essentially just like enraged individuals going at each other. There's there's so much more behind it than that. That, that that's the part that 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 was most like intriguing to me, right? It wasn't like the night of, and, and you know. I've had personal talks with you, you know, off the record. And um, one of the talks, I don't know if you remember, but be leading up to your fight, it was a private conversation, but we're, we're kind of throwing people's business out there. So fuck it, you know. <laughs> but, but one of the talks I had to you, uh, if you don't mind me sharing, is, uh, you know, I put you to the side and I had a little talk with you about how you already won. Remember, remember that? And, 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 and where that was coming from in my heart was that the process of the buildup is where you already won that that's what i was um so that's what i admired you know like the discipline and the food and the no drinking and the early nights and uh, long days like 
that's when I pulled you to the side. I was like, dude, you already won in my eyes. I know it's just my opinion. Fuck my opinion. But I was like, man, you had already won because of all of that. So like the, the day of the event is like the, the bells and whistles, but that's not the part that I was intrigued by. It was like, I seen this guy hungry, physically hungry, wanting to eat and not eating or, missing out on social events because of the discipline or having to wake up early and eating the same thing every day. That's where I was like, damn, I'm admired by that. And I see you shaking your head, Jerry. Yeah. if something you want to add to that. Yeah, I think, like, after the whole event went through and then, you know, I peeked over, like, because we went to the back. And, like, I peeked over and, like, I could just see him. Like, I, I can see that he was, like, upset. But once he came over, he was just, like, you know, like, he apologized for not, not getting the dub, but... At that point, it's like, it was, like, we weren't there for you to win. Like, it, like to me, like, like how Alex said, like, the, the, the most impressive thing was that you stuck, like, you stuck to it. Like, you, you, like, you put in all this hard work and you showed up. Yeah. I, I think that's the most important thing is that you showed up and you did the best you could. And, like, the results didn't really matter because it was, at the end of the day, like, we were just there for you. It, it wasn't we weren't there to see you win we were just there to see you like perform and be in the element that you know you're passionate about so like that was like just seeing you up there and seeing you like do what it is that you like to do like that's that's the motivate like the motivation like the motivating part to me because it's more it's like you're so passionate that you're willing to put in all the work sacrifice all the you know the social events and the sleep and like you just like keep putting in the work and that that to me was like man i don't i don't care if you didn't win like i, I wasn't here to see you win it was like and I, I told alex i was like as soon as i saw him like my first thing instinct was like damn if i keep talking to him i'm gonna fucking cry because <laughs> i was just like damn like you know he he did it he did his thing up there and like hearing you like apologize like for not getting the dub i was like that shit broke my heart because i was like damn like I felt like you, you like wanted to get the dub not for yourself but for us, and it was more like, hey, like that—that's not what it's about. Like we weren't here for that. Like we we're here for you, and like you showed up. You know, it was was crazy as you bring that up. I actually had a conversation with uh, with someone that we know uh, that has recently started doing the, uh, this as well. We went to go actually watch uh, one of our teammates fight. It uh, didn't end up with the victory either. Um, and we had this, this deep conversation on the way back. He was like, you know what? What was the first thing that went through your mind when you lost? Is it like... It's interesting. That's an interesting question. Right? Yeah. And and, I'm, and I had to think back to it, too. It, it took me a second to answer back, and I, I was thinking back to it. And the first thing I thought of was everyone that put in the extra time for me. So my coaches that gave up their time, the extra time that they gave me, every, all my teammates that... Hey, I, man, I'm not going to lie. I know I got, I got some, I got some power in my hands and, and they're like, no, don't, don't hold back. Cause you're not going to be, you're not going to hold back in there. Let it out. Go ahead. I like, you got to feel like what, it, you got to know what it feels like to actually throw with, with power and be able to do that for three rounds. And so all I'm thinking about is my teammates too, my coaches, you all for, for, for supporting me, sticking by me throughout this entire thing. Cause I know I'm not the most pleasant guy whenever I'm, I'm getting ready for it. And so that that was the first thing that came to my mind, and and I, I let I let the individual I was having the conversation with know 
the first thing that comes to your mind isn't the fact that, man, I got fucked up or, man, I lost it. It was, man, I let everyone down. And that 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 is the, the first instinct. And it sucks, too, because I'm not going to lie. I saw the uh, the post, um, the social media post that my gym put up for uh, all our fighters that, that came out there. And it like it was weird because I, I specifically remember it. It was they took the picture right as they announced the score. And that's when I knew that I lost because I knew I lost that first round. But in my head, I thought I won the second and third. And so when I heard uh, 30-27, I was like, oh, that can't be me because I I, yeah. I I didn't win that first one. And so um, that's when I was like, I, I was I was like praying. I was like, ah, this is me, this is me, this is me. And then I heard the scores. I had my head down. And I, so that, I feel like at that moment they took that picture. And uh, that's exactly what I was thinking when in that shot right there was I just let everyone down. My coaches who had all this faith in me, uh, all my teammates that literally put in the blood, sweat, and tears to help me get to this point, everyone that was supporting me, sticking by me while I was going through all my hunger phases of, hey, I, I wasn't in the, the the brightest of moods, and and just that that was the initial thought, and I let him know that and he goes, damn, yeah, because now he's thinking about. Um, doing a fight as well and so i was letting him know hey you can't let that get to you 100 shout out to the big homie antonio man and i know we yeah. don't want to put his name out there <laughs> yeah, right? he, like, he's our brother man yeah. so we support him antonio what is up you water buffalo motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> shout out to mama model too I, I would be remiss if i didn't say a shout out to my model because after the fight she was like I, I was saying this yesterday actually when she was like Raymond, come here. Put your head up. We're gonna take a picture. And Raymond, Raymond was all bummed. That she was like, she's like the mom of the group. She's like, no, put your chin up. You did great. You're safe. Now take this picture and smile. Raymond was like a hostage. He was like smiling. smiling. Uh, I wish one thing that would have went through your mind was shout out to Alex and the four thousand dollar bet he just lost by putting on me. But no, nobody thinks about Uncle Alex. What's up, Jay Swally? Look, I'm gonna be honest. Alex put up like three different bets. Yeah. Right before your match, and I lost every one. Of lost them. every single one. Of them. So when he was like, "I actually didn't know that." When he Wait, was like, me. "Okay." Was he was like, like, "Let's go, Raymond." I was like, "Hey, Alex, chill, <laughs> chill," because because these past three bets, you lost them all. We are now recording this podcast at a Jay Suave's garage. I will be living out of here for the next nine months to make my money. I'm just hey, kidding. but hey, I'm not gonna lie though. I and I, I talked to you. I talked to you recently about this. I remember there were so many things going through my head. Like I started feeling like everything started feeling so surreal. And I felt like I was out of my, essentially out of my element. And First of all, I, I'm not going to, I don't like doing it. Like, oh, I don't like doing things in front of big crowds of people. I, yeah, I, I started essentially just get stage fright. And I remember like I had to go walk up to the podium and they announced your name, whatever, did all that. I remember I specifically even put my head down and I kept just essentially bowing to the crowd, and that in our in Muay Thai is a sign of respect, and that's just showing your gratitude to everyone coming out. But a good portion of that was the gratitude, but also just hey, I can't I can't look out into it. And I remember I, w I was getting all ready, and my coaches were getting everything set up, and I remember seeing you. We made eye contact, and you were in the middle of fucking screaming, "Let's go, move!" And then you, and then we locked eyes. And then as soon as we locked eyes, you just stopped in the middle of that sentence. And then you gave me that, like that, that head nod. Let's fucking go. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember. And I remember it, it, it kind of, it literally just kind of put everything. Perspective. Yeah, that just was. focused. I love it. Well, from my eyes, uh, shake that shit off and get better because that's life. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 our reflect. Like that, that, that that's what I think I love about it. Also, is like the preparation. Things don't work out, and we fucking we go to the next phase of life. You know, because not everything's going to be a win in life. You know, and that's why I was very. Uh, I, I was kind of perplexed when you said bowling was a sport. So 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 like I look at MMA as a goddamn sport. Jerison, do you have any experience in mi mixed martial arts or fighting in any capacity growing up or anything like that? Uh yeah, I mean back in middle school I used to I used to box and um I kept at it for a while. I think the only thing that is different from like Raymond's experience and my experience is that he, I didn't have the the community in the gym yeah to keep me like intrigued in the sport cuz out of my gym we had this dude who thought he was pro <laughs> and um yeah, he would just take over, kind of take over the gym. And it, it's kind of discouraging where it's like, you know, we're at the community center, which is based around youth. But here's this grown ass dude who's he's like, oh, well, it's my turn to take over the, the ring. Yeah. And it's like, uh, like, I, I feel like that that was the discouraging part. And then also, like, uh, there was a particular coach like at the center who who was very passionate about, like, making sure that it, it, everything was towards like the youth that went through the center the boxing um, practices. And when he got let go, it was more like, dang, like you're, you were on your own. Like I, I would go in there and I would have to teach myself because most of the coaches were just focused on trying to get a chance to, to get in the ring with this pro dude. And it's like, I'm not hating on him cause he, he put in the work. I, I would see him practice and, and he was good. It's just that when, if you're at that level and you're practicing at a youth, like at a center where it's like where it revolves around the youth, you should, as an adult, you should know. Like, you, he, he I feel like I, he should have known that he shouldn't take away the time that the youth gets. 100%. Yeah. Um, at the center. Cause it's like you're, you're an adult. You can come in after hours, put in the, the practice and the, the work like to to get better but for him it was like oh, i want to be seen like i want to see be seen by this youth and like i i feel like that's what pushed me away where it was more like dang like no one's paying attention to me anymore no one's trying to help me out no one's telling me what i'm doing wrong so why keep at it when i'm not learning anything like i'm not gonna get anything out of this and right after Cause I was in it for a year and I would try to go back and forth, but it was more like, oh, well, if no one's going to teach me here, might as well just learn on my own. Oh, so you were boxing for a year. Yeah. Man, that's some time yeah. man, you put in. How old were you? Uh, uh, I was like an eighth grader. So I want to say I was like 13, 13, 14, but yeah, yeah I mean, it was, I, I thought it was fun only cause it helped me cope with like a bunch of stuff, like going in there, putting in the work, like. I wasn't there to to get noticed. It was more of like, this is my outlet. Like, I want to learn. And once that coach got let go, once that dude tried to take over the gym, it was more like, like there, there's I'm not learning anything, so might as well just go out, branch out on my own. And I've been trying to get into like, I, I 
trying to get back into it, but it's it's kind of discouraging when, like, you have to teach yourself because it's like, am I do I have my, um, like, is my stance right? Am I throwing these punches right? And it's like you want that feedback, but when you don't get the feedback, yeah, it's more like it's discouraging. Yeah, for sure. And where 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 did you grow up? Sorry, um, I grew up in Bowen Park, so <laughs> it was a. Uh, I mean, like I I said it before. I said it in the VRC podcast that. Um, it was a rough neighborhood. Um, I feel like elementary was all right. You know, it wasn't too bad. I moved away. I went to live in Mexico for a couple, for a while. Um, and then when I came back to middle school, it was more like, I feel like that's when the whole, like, you got to be in a gang or you got to be in a crew era started. And that was all that you would see at, at, at a middle school is violence, drugs, alcohol. And it's like, is it, I feel like when I reflect on it, it was like, damn, like we, we were all going through something and we were getting away with everything because no one was paying attention to us. It's like the adults that were around us didn't really care. So it's, it, it's crazy to like reflect on it. Yeah, that's that's crazy that you bring that up because one of my coaches, and uh, he he has an MMA fight coming up uh, here at the end of the month. Uh, he he was actually just uh, talking about how, hey, without this outlet of of doing a combat sport or, or or doing this, the the discipline behind it, the literally having to commit yourself to it, it he he probably wouldn't have been in a, a way worse situation. Right now he essentially being either locked up or or, or or even worse if it weren't for this outlet. And and just how you're talking about, like, it, it's an outlet for you to kind of get out the aggression of that all. I feel like exactly that. I I feel, for, for those of anyone that knows me, I feel like I'm a happy person. Yeah. And I feel like I'm able to to use the uh use martial arts as an outlet to like really let out my aggression so that way when you actually see me as a person i am i let me i am a content individual yeah so and, and i i mean i agree i think i feel like i like growing up wasn't the best upbringing but um just having like an outlet that was safe i, I mean going to the center it was like i'm gonna let out this aggression in a safe space, like no one's gonna hurt me back. I, I get, I get to take out all my frustration out on this bag, and it's like when you're not, when you're not learning anything from anyone or an adult specifically. Like when we're, because when you're 13, you don't know what 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 you're doing. You don't know what you know life has has in store for you. But when you don't have that adult um, guidance, it's more like dang, like. I'm still out here. I'm still learning on my own. And it's like, I, I I feel like at that age, it's important for adults to, to pay attention to the youth because that's when they're, they're the most lost. Absolutely. Or that's how I felt. Like I was the most lost. Like I needed like that coach. His name was Julian. Like he was the only dude who kept me in check of like, you know, you need to work better at this. Like, you need to put more practice into this. Yeah, it's, not not only the attention of it. I feel like at that age too, like that's when they're mo the most impressionable. Yeah. So when you have someone that that, hey, they're they're a little pissed off. They're an angry kid. They they have all this aggression in them. 
having someone that a can point them in the right direction of how to 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 let out that aggression in a safe way is key so now as a kid if you had like that coach that was actually paying attention to you man hey they can help you let that out safely compared to you just you know what you have all this aggression i'm gonna take it on this bag all right now i know what to do with it and then you, you go out into the real world whether it be school or just walking home and one day you just kind of take yeah. it out on the wrong thing yeah and i, I feel like even now like growing up like, and th that's one of my main reasons why I want to get back into it. Cause it's, cause it's like, you have, I have all these things go like dealing with, but I have no way of like, cause we're all going to have a bad day. Yeah. Like not, not everything's going to go as planned, but not having that, that outlet to like let out the frustration where it just sits in your head. It's like, dang, like I'm just like, I, I need to find a way. And like, I, I feel like that's the biggest like thing where it's like, you know, I hear that Alex is going back to the gym, like trying it out. It's like, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a sign to like go in back into the gym. And it's like, what better, like there's, there's no better sign than those that you work with and like uh, spend time with and, and feel close to or are going into the gym. And it's like, now I have that support where it's like, I'm able to, they're able to keep me on check, not just at the gym, but at work and, yeah did did those experiences kind of uh at all like ever affect because i i know i know you shared you're in the military and your your major that you're pursuing is psychology yeah. did did those experiences gear your kind of life decisions post post uh you know high school yeah i think and th that's the the thing that like caught my attention the most because i'm a psychology major and they, everyone always says that the most messed up people are always the psychology major and, <laughs> or, and that's, or human services. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's true. Cause I'm, I'm, pursuing, I'm one of them. yeah, I'm pursuing both. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I feel like, um, like where I am now, I feel like it's more of just making up for like learning ways into, cause my biggest thing and like my, my biggest ambition is like, I have a younger brother. So it's like I want to be able to learn how to talk to the the Latin community. Like it, it's all right to be depressed. Yeah, it's all right to feel like a certain thing because I feel like growing up, I had all this frustration, but it was more like, oh, you're you're crazy, yeah. or like you're just you know you're just having a bad day, and it's like, nah, like if. If an, an adult would have been pulled me aside and been like, hey, like, you know, you need to take some time and like reflect on like what it is you're feeling right now. I feel like I, I would have had a different mindset. And I feel like now, like, that's my biggest drive is making sure that my little brother and the younger Latin youth has an outlet and has that person that's hearing them out and helping them deal with all the stuff they're going through because I didn't have that. That's pretty admirable, man. We're going to give it up on that, man. That's what I'm talking about, giving back to your community, giving back to your population. And we could even say, like, the Hispanic or Latin community is even even more, well, I'm sharing from my experience, is, e is even more on, like, disregarding mental health, right? Yeah. Like, that is a topic not spoken about, and I, and I see Raymond shaking his head, so I would say it's it's probably, you know, a commonality of most, uh, oh, across absolutely. multiple and most yeah. nationalities. So you talk about your younger brother, man. 
um, one of the things, one of the questions, you know, because I did a little bit of work, you know what I'm saying? I've been doing this. So one of the questions I was asking some people that know you, that we have mutual contacts with, they they wanted to know what it was like uh, being a twin. And when you say your younger brother, is that is that who you're referencing? Uh, no, because I have a younger, like a young, he's like seven. Okay. But I feel like the whole twin thing, I feel like is also one of the big things that. Because I thought you were stunning at first. I thought he was like. Like forty five seconds younger than you, and you're like, nah, that's my young no, my, brother. My twin brother is two minutes older than me. So oh yeah. shit! So no, gotta, he's the younger one. You the middle child, baby boy. He's the older one. So I, I mean, I always, anytime someone asks, like, I always tell him, like, hey, he's the older one. Like, I'm not the older one. I look older, you know. But I mean, it, military does that it too. Is what it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was in the military too, and that's and that's the interesting oh, thing really? is that. I didn't know that. Um, I feel like growing up as a twin. I feel like now I, I get to have that conversation with him where it's like he felt like he was underappreciated underappreci- because we were always being compared. And that was a tough conversation to have because growing up, I, I never knew. You can tell that, you know, we were always being compared, but I didn't know that it impacted him that much, as much as it did. So it wasn't too long ago where he was like, hey, like, you know, we're not close and we've never been close because we're always being compared. Oh, so, so like the big thing for me, it's more like we always had a, a different group of friends and like, and it, for me, it was like, damn, like, why can't we have the same friends? And it was now like, as an adult, I understand that because he didn't want to be compared. He wanted, you know, for my parents to recognize that he was his own person. And like, I feel like a, a lot of times I hear, Twins are like, yeah, like, I'm super close to my brother. I'm super close to my sister. Like, I'm super close to my twin. And it's like, damn, like, I didn't get to have that because I, I feel like it's a cultural thing where it's like a lot of his, like, the Hispanic culture revolves around com- comparison. It's always like, if you're not doing this, hey, but your cousin's doing this, you're going to know that so true. you come nowhere close to your so cousin. True. And it's like, and I feel like that's the biggest like um like that's the biggest issue that I have with like the Hispanic culture that it's like we're never the t- we're not the type of culture who tries to bring each other up yeah. it's more like how can we like we're trying to find a way to bring each other down and it's like for what for what like for me like for me like when my brothers told me like hey like we're not close because we're always compared like that shit hurt cuz it's like i've been trying this whole time to figure out like how we can get closer. And like, now we are trying to get closer, but it's like, I've been trying to figure it out. And it's like, the answer was always right there in front of me where it's like, I can't do something without them or our family thinking like he needs to do it too, because you guys are the same person. And it's like, they have to rec- they fail to recognize that we're two different people and we have different interests. And it's like, I feel like now we're trying to make up for it and it's tough. I feel like as adults, it's kind of hard to address um, those tough subjects. But like, yeah, like I, I feel like as like when we were younger, like I had a my parents threw a bunch of stuff on me that, you know, they thought I could deal with better emotionally. And he felt like as the older brother, he should have been the one who was like addressed or like had to deal with all these things. But like now, like having conversations with him and my sister 
it's more like they feel they felt like they were always being compared to to me and it's like i i never wanted that and that was out of my control and like their biggest like anger is like towards our parents because they're like hey like you guys pushed our relationship to be the way gotcha. it is so interesting man i i know um thank you for sharing that that that's that's like some stuff that we don't usually talk about yeah. you know what i'm saying like culturally comparison and that that's so true because everybody i've spoken to um from this community is always like yeah it, it, it's almost like an automatic divide when they talk about so-and-so is doing this why aren't you like this and so-and-so is doing this it's like well fuck I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I know you said something and then I was kind of reading Raymond's body language. His eyes kind of, you know, lit up a bit when you talked about um, your older brother by two minutes uh, <laughs> being in the military as well. So that's something I didn't know about you because uh, because I'm always fascinated by individuals that like are first generation military. Right. Like how did that happen? What did the family feel like? So did that inspire you at all? Or what, what was the breakdown of your brother joining the military and what branch and. How, how did that all go, get get down? The whole military thing started with my with my sister, cause she was I was a senior, she was a junior, and she was like, "Hey, like I'm gonna join the military." What branch? Army. Oh, she. Okay. Yeah, and she, cause you know, like high school, they push the recruiters to go to you know walk around, and Horrible. all these kids are like, "Yeah, like I want that uniform, like I want." So like my sister discount. Yeah, like my sister was like motivated <laughs> to join the the military and. Um, but we just didn't have any family ties that can tell us, Hey, this is what it is. This is what exactly. you, you should expect. And, um, yeah, like I was a senior in high school and I was like, like, I don't know what I want to do after this. So I'm just going to join the military. I was like, who better to tell my sister how it is and what to expect than me? Cause I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. You can keep it real. Yeah. So I joined, I enlisted and. I left a couple of days before my birthday. And I was just like, well, actually, I enlisted at 17. And then my recruiters were like, hey, we can't take you over there until you're 18. So on my birthday, or the day after my birthday, I got picked up. I went, headed to, to Fort Jackson. And I was like, on my way to the airport, I was just like, damn, like, shit's real. Like, this is real. Like, <laughs> Like, my mom was crying, my dad was crying, like, everybody was just bawling, and I was just like, damn, like, I might not, I might not ever come back, like, this is, this is real, so, on my way to the airport, I was just like, you know, trying to be tough, because I had a friend of mine who, who, we got the, the chance to go back to, you know, leave to basic at the same time, and I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna cry, because, like, if I cry, she's gonna cry, so, you know, like, let's just, you know, let's just keep, let's just stay strong, so I get there. And yeah, I mean, I go through the whole process. I come back and I tell them, like, I, I tell them exactly how it is. Like, hey, like, we think it's easy, but it's not. You know, you get you get waking up early in the morning. And, um, you know, at the time, like, I feel like when I came back, I kept telling them, like, hey, just go to school. Like, I, I kept pushing, like, hey, just go to school. But I, 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 kn I knew that my sister was, like, set to just join and I was like hey like you know this is the things that can be you know that you can come through and just make sure you're ready for this and like train for this so you when you get there you're mentally prepared to like go through the process so at this time your brother was already in the military no so then my sister joined and then my brother enlisted oh shit I didn't even know your sister was in the yeah family. so yeah I mean 
Yeah, so I have a twin brother and then my younger sister who's 11 months younger than we are. Dang, you're, shout out to your folks. Yeah, your pops is like, look, baby. You <laughs> <laughs> got some more kids to get. Yeah, yeah, True but, Latino. <laughs> yeah, like my sister is 11 months. Yeah, almost 11 months uh, younger than us. And um, she went in. Then my brother went in. And then. So yeah, you he, were the, you were the first. Yeah, I was the first. And I told like I told I had a conversation with my brother before he left. And I told him, like, hey, like, think about it. I was like this, this there's no way no it's no going back true and um yeah, he that's, went, what, that's what my family told me too yeah like he went in and he was just like like he was like i think like a couple months or years like that he was in he was like damn so he went active duty no he went reserve okay yeah your sister my sister went active duty so she got to go to germany and she was loving it i, I feel like it was like she got to because she was wild like she was like i feel like me and my brother tried to be like the good kids, and then once it hit my sister, she was wild. So like she was like sneaking out when she was in high school, like doing all these like wild things. And like when she got to Germany, like she was on her own and she felt grown. So you know she got to travel, uh, she got to like learn a couple things. You know she came back. She had to get out of the military because some things went down. But um, yeah, she came back and she like like my brother was like down like. Like, her and my brother were just like, oh, like, she was like, I'll go back in. My brother was like, you know what? Like, I can't wait to get out. And, like, just a couple months ago, you know, he, he finished his contract. Oh, and he was just like, you know, like, now he's just like, hell yeah, like, I'm out. And I'm just like, yeah. like I he, know the feeling. Like, yeah, it's, it's more like, you know, like, I didn't say you shouldn't join. And I feel like that's where the whole comparison thing came in. Mm. Like, he, at the time, maybe he thought... You know, you want this to be your thing. And it's like, no, oh, like, I I'm, got you. I'm just being real with you. And I'm telling you, like, you're not going to like it because I didn't like it. I was just like, man, I, I, sh I should have went to school. And like, I felt like the advice I gave him went in one ear, came out the other. And like, once he had to go through the process, he was like, damn, like, I should have stayed out. And like, he just, he wrote it out. And um, yeah, like now he's just excited to be out. You know, I don't have that much time left in my second contract. And it's like, I can't wait to be out either. Because, like, even though, like, I did most of my time as a reservist, like, it's still time consuming. Like, you still miss out on birthdays. Okay. You miss out on important things. And, like, like, I just can't wait to just not have to deal with any of these people. Cause, uh, how, how, how did your family, like, because, like, you know, one thing that I look back on is like, man, that that's a taxing for the family. Like, how how does your family respond to having three of their their offspring, their children, join the military? Like, what what was that like? Was it excitement? Was it like, what what, what was that whole get down? I think it was more. It, it was hard on my mom, cause, and it, it might have been hard on my dad as well. But I think just my mom was better at expressing her feelings and. You know, once we committed to that, like, you know, for her, it was just, I'm going to just cry it out. And like for my dad, it was more just like, all right, like, you know, like, cool. And, um, yeah, like, I feel like, you know, we kept in touch with, like, my parents, my sister especially, because she went out to Germany. So, like, while she was out there, she would FaceTime my mom a lot. And I feel like the hardest thing for them to deal with was when I went overseas, because... I didn't tell them where I was going. 
I found out where I was going a couple, like a, I want to say a month before I I went out there. Where did you go, brother? I went to Syria. Okay. So I I I knew I was gonna go out there to Syria, like maybe a month before I left, but I was just like, I'm not gonna tell them, like, because if I tell them, they're just gonna try to talk me out of it. So I feel like, you know, a couple of days before I left, like I told them, like, hey, like this is where I'm going, and I feel like that's when it became the hardest for my mom, because it's like. Well, for my parents and for my family in general, because I feel like, you know, my brother had to deal with the, all the things that I couldn't deal with while being yeah, gone. Like, it's true. I feel like it was hard on all of them because there was that uncertainty of like, are we going to, is he going to come back? Or, or like, is something going to happen to him where we find out that, you know, he's not coming back? And, and, and if he does come back, how do they come back? Yeah. Right? I know that's one thing. Yeah. And I feel like coming back, that was the hardest thing because... Um, like I said before, like just being in the Hispanic culture, like you come back and not everything's the same. And it's like, you can't express what's going through your mind. Cause they're going to be like, nah, like, you know, you're, you're crazy like this and that. And they try to brush it off where it's like, I'm just going to deal with it on my own. Cause it's like, yeah. who's going to help me? Like, they're not going to understand. And there's that discouragement of like, don't seek treatment because then you're going to have a label. And it's, and for a long time, like I didn't seek, like I, I didn't rely on the VA. People were like, Hey, you need to go to the VA. And I was like, nah, like I'm not going to go to the VA. Cause then my family's going to look at me a certain way. And I feel like it wasn't till I got to, you know, Cal State Fullerton that, you know, Raymond and Merlin. And like, that's why I'm so thankful like to be part of the VRC now is that, like there was, there were the ones that were like, "Hey, like, this is something that you're dealing with, and you need to address it." That's like, great, man. don't don't think about what your family's doing. Like, I know you're just trying to look out for them, but you need to look out for yourself because if you don't, no one else is. And like, that's what pushed me to like, you know, like claim benefits because it's like, they're right. Like, no one's gonna help me unless I help myself. And like, so like every time like. I get like now that I get to like be a, a co-worker with them like like to me like that's like I owe them everything because it's like Damn. without them like I wouldn't and especially like Raymond because we had that conversation like you know Mer uh, Merlin was my peer advisor shout out to my model and yeah and I I mean she like as soon as I told her like hey I'm looking for a job like like she she did her thing and she was like hey like this is what we have open and like not just at the VRC but on campus but like Raymond that was a peer advisor as well like he took the time to like just go talk to me and like that was the first time where I was like damn like someone's actually like listening to me and like what I got to say it's like every time like when he was like when he was like apologizing for like not doing his thing I was like damn like <laughs> like that doesn't matter to me like exactly. I'm regardless of like what the she outcome is and, like any event that you do like I'm gonna be there for you cuz you were there for me when you know like that shit like I needed, like, I needed it the most. And, like, you made me feel heard. So it's like, yeah, like. That's fucking that's deep, man. That's, that's deep, bro. That, 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 man, thank you for talking about that. That that, 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 that kind of got me feeling some type of way, man. And, and I saw you respond a certain way you touched your heart when he was mentioning that. Like, what what does that feel like to you hearing that? Because a lot of what we do or a lot of what you do maybe is, is thankless, right? We just do our thing. You do your thing, and then you don't hear it back. But hearing that, I'm sure it's probably maybe the first time that someone has... Share that with you. What What does that make you feel, and what goes through your mind? 
I'm not gonna lie. This is actually the second time. The first time was uh, the person we were talking about earlier. But uh, yeah, no, Jay. I honestly that that's just how it is. And and <clears throat> uh, my model Merlin, uh, she she was like, hey, you know, I got this dude that comes in here all, uh, all the time. So what's up? And hey, he's a, he's a stand up dude. And then I remember I, I talked to you and honestly, that's just how we roll. I feel like that's just honestly as as a collective over there at the at Cal State Fullerton, our, our Veteran Resource Center. That's just how we are, like. Hey, you show any interest in you just even being there, hey, we'll, you'll be heard. Like, And I love it because that's how our team is, too, specifically our team. And like like you said, we're a family. Like you, To be heard, that's just how it is. And that kind of goes back, I feel like for me, that that's how our family was. We weren't necessarily heard, but we were. I, it's hard to explain it, but we didn't how, essentially how you guys were talking about, like, the, the Latino culture, you don't really talk about your feelings. Yeah. A Filipino culture, a we're a little bit of the same, but the way we show it is through our actions. And I, I mean, that kind of goes back to why I can't sit still too. But um, yeah, the the way I grew up was we was were shown tough love. So it was always a, you would kind of get bagged on, but that's how you kind of knew, ah, oh, shit, that's how they're showing it for you. And so, uh, yeah, going going back to uh, to uh, Jay's point is that uh, honestly, that's just how it is. We we I I realized it once I started working at the center is you actually got to talk about it. And I can't read someone's mind. I we literally yeah. got to communicate it verbally so that way you can understand. Okay, how are you feeling? All right, cool. And I get, I reciprocate that, and then. I, I can understand that and then I reciprocate it. So Yeah, and I know I know you you kinda tied in the 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 cultures like what was it like for you? Because you said you you joined the Marine Corps from uh 2013, 2018. Like were you first generation in your family to join the military and like what was that get down like? I was not. I was uh yeah, I had several uncles and I'm Filipino, so you already know they all joined the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> they all joined the Navy actually. I had that same mentality. I don't know. I, I got out. So I'm go. I mean, the, the root of it started because I'm, I'm I'll be a little bit vulnerable here. Uh, Do it. I uh, I grew up a, a very fat kid, a chubby kid. You saw pictures and uh, you're a little chunky. Oh, a little more than a little bit. It's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I grew up bullied uh, and I hated that. I hate I absolutely hated that shit. I hated people who who put other people down just to feel superior to them. And so I thought joining the military, I would actually have be able to affect change and, and be able to do something about that. So I, I would be able to essentially put down the bully. And uh, I don't know, in my head, I, I, I thought the Navy is what was how I would be able to do it, being Filipino and all, and, and having multiple family members go in and know how it's like. But I actually, I I did have like a heart to heart. I, I it was in a low point of me, after me getting out of the uh, or graduating high school, and I remember I was talking to one of my cousins. He's like, dude, that's not where it's at. If you want to be able to to do something about it and really change your out or ask or outlook on on everything and be able to positively affect that, go in the Marines. It was the fucking commercials. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nah, the it sword. Was, <laughs> I wanted a sword. <laughs> That's awesome. it, it was, it was actually one of my cousins 
but he was in the Marines and I saw him. At, man, he's my biggest role model. Role model. What's Shout his name? out to Ryan Serdanola. There it is, right? And uh, he actually pinned me, Sergeant. So, uh, oh, that that's special. Super huge. Um, but he was like, no, in order for you to do that, you got to go Marines. And so um, at the time, I was still 17. So I, I had my, my parents come down so that way they can sign the whole waiver and whatever. So that way I can do all that. I uh, I told him I was going Navy, but I, they're not the best at like reading the contracts whenever they're signing it. So I'm glad <laughs> they didn't do that. But uh, they they signed everything out, and then once I actually got my boot camp date, uh, when I told them, just same as you, I told my mom and or what well, told my parents, and my mom cried. My dad just called me dumb. He was like, dude, <laughs> he said what? <laughs> he just called me dumb. He was just instantly like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, I already got a date. I, I'm I'm shipping out. Like, there's no no other. That's it. My mom cried and and oh my god, she she said something that I still think about to this day. She always goes, as I was shipping out, she was saying, the the parents aren't supposed to bury their kids. As I was going out, I was like, damn, and she was still crying. Oh, oh, felt terrible, but I I knew I had to do it, so I went out and I I did it. And I feel like man, I grew up such a little brat that it changed me so much like to the point where honestly i i absolutely i, I don't want to say i absolutely hated the marine corps but i did not like being in i couldn't wait to get out just like you were saying but i think every day i think my thank my younger self for like you know what i'm glad that i kind of went in it, it definitely changed me for the better and i i feel like i'd be a different person if it, if i didn't go in what um what type of marine were you cuz you know like <laughs> you know like were were you a, a hard charger were you kind of kicked back uh okay i'm not gonna lie. so i was the uh what uh what, what people say is a uh, good initiative bad judgment type of marine where i i loved doing things but was it the right thing to do at the time who knows so that that that's who I was at, and what what does that look like though? Uh, honestly, so I was because uh, and and the reason why I ask right is because I feel like there's two identities we have in the military. You know, we either learn from how we were in the military and we correct course correct for a positive, or we go a different way negative. Yeah, you know, no, like, I was a. Uh, I feel like while I was in, I, I definitely was a little bit more angered. I I, 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 I was more one of the troubled ones, so I, I felt very angry when I was in. Definitely had a drinking problem like most Marines, and uh, I was a completely different person than I am now. And that's why I asked, because I see you now, and you know anybody who knows you I think would agree with me that you're one of the most kind, caring Someone that, like, I really want to be careful with my words because I, I want to make sure they I mean it, is you're one of the individuals that, like, you truly care about others, you know? Like, you love on people, you take care of people. And I'm not going to get into the details of it, but anytime you see somebody mistreated, you're the first one to be like, time out, what is up? Who do I need to go take care of for you to not be feeling this way? So, you know, like, did that come from your time from the military? You know what? No, that actually didn't. I feel like 
I mean, yes, but no. Obviously, you're taking care of your brothers, right? So you, that's who you, you you literally go through shit, fucking living hell with them. You, you you go through blood, sweat, and tears with them, and you do anything for them. So yes, that aspect of it. But all that, what you were just talking about, I feel like that comes from my grandfather. That hundred percent comes from my grandfather. Um, he was a. Uh, Man, he will put me to shame. If 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 you all got to know him, man, you would say that hey, I I I couldn't hold a candle to what he was. I I I just wish I was. I wish I could be the man that he was. He was he's a hundred percent my role model to this day, and uh, will still always be my role model. Whatever actions I do, I try to make them in remembrance of him and and. And the fact that I'm I'm hoping that he's looking down right now, and thinking, that's my grandson. Hundred so. percent. I never met him, and uh, I don't want to speak out of line here, but just knowing your character and the type of person that you're becoming and that you are, I don't see how anybody could look down on what you're doing in a negative way. You know, because you're affecting so many people and impacting so many people. So um, it's not easy to be easy on ourselves, but just knowing your character, knowing your heart, man. I, and, and I know how much family means to you. I know how much. Uh, I think that's what stood out to me, uh, to me about you is like how much you love your family and how much of a uh, a family man you're gonna be. Because I know you don't have any kids right now, but I think that you're gonna be similar to uh, Papa Jay over here, and you're gonna start shooting them out. Any day, any day now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Itching. This, this dude is itching for itching for to have kids. a family. Yeah. Man, well, it's not fair. I when I go training and everything, I see like the dads come in, bring their bring their kid in, and they're they're doing their thing together, and I see that, and it's just I don't know. It, it, it just brings me back to when I don't know. My grandfather taught me everything about fishing. That's how I know everything I know about fishing. Oh, fishing, fishing. I didn't know fishing thing. was a thing of yours. I absolutely love it. Fucking, you like <laughs> to go fishing? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. That's my thing. What's I, your What's one of your memories of of, of grandpa? Oh man. Yeah, uh, so we we had this. Uh, it's gonna sound a little bit bad on his part, but um, we had this place where you you literally had to go to this like it, it's, it was very treacherous. Like there was a portion where like you had to like hug the mountain as you're kind of like going through it because th there was a trail, but then it went to this ledge that you kind of had to like maneuver on in order to get to this like money money fishing spot. Where at? Where at? In more uh, more Bay, California. Okay, so you had you would have to maneuver around uh, more rock, and uh, man, I remember this. We we were going through, and he was like, "Okay, you better be careful, or else that's you, that's on me." <laughs> <laughs> he he didn't speak the best English. So he was like, "Be safe." Fucking. <laughs> <in. laughs> and uh, I remember, and we made it through, and I remember the the, the very first time that we went through there. Um, we went through, uh, did the trail, and uh, the the very first time we we actually did it, he looked back. He goes, "Good job, Anak. Let's go." What does that mean? What does that mean? Good job, son. Let's oh. go. And so I, man, just the, those memories like that, like that's that's all I remember. Of my grandfather, like man, it, like he was the 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 biggest person to me. Like man, biggest role model. I I I, I miss a man every day and. And what was crazy was, uh, uh, oh, I'm going to get all teary-eyed. Uh, he actually passed 
when I was on deployment, I was on a mew, um, and I get a Red Cross letter saying, hey, your grandfather isn't doing well. And so I got that like one day, and then they actually let me go up to like our company's office and like it was literally all my higher-ups from literally all of the platoons that were in our company and they were all in this one office and they let me call home and uh, i called home and i remember uh i'm gonna i'm gonna back up a little bit before i jumped on ship he was he was good he was talking he was he was completely coherent and uh I was like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I, uh, we call them Tatai. That means father and Ilocano. Uh, and I go, don't worry, Tatai. Don't, I'll be back. And then, hey, just make sure you save a, a fishing trip for me. Be good so that, uh, like, take care of your health so that way we can go fishing. And so we're fast forwarding to here. And apparently, um, so he's not doing good. And so I, I pick up the phone and all I hear, or I call my mom, all I hear is, is it's, he gives a phone to my uh, grandfather, and all I hear is just like labor breathing, very labor, like like one of those, and that's all I hear. And instantly, in front of all of my higher ups, I break down like a soft little kid, and I just start, I just start crying my eyes out, and I, I just start talking to him. I'm like, "Don't worry, Grandpa, it's okay." Um, do what you need to. I, I absolutely love you. Thank you for everything you did. All that. I, I poured my heart out right in front of everybody. And uh, I remember they're like, okay, you're good. Uh, time's up. You, you, you got to go. And so I hung up the phone. And then the next day I get another Red Cross letter saying that my grandfather passed. And then I call, I got to call home again. They let me call home. So I called my mom again. And she was like, was crazy is you were the last person he talked to you're the last person in our family that you talked to and it was almost like he was waiting for you to call to hear you and then once he talked to he, he passed away and so i heard that and i was like no what's that like losing someone like that in your life and how did that impact you how did that affect you that's when that's one my that's when my drinking spiked and uh, two, that's when my aggression went up like crazy. I remember we had what was called the catwalk. In order to get to like anywhere, there was like the outside little, essentially walkways that they they built outside. So you'd essentially be over the water and you'd be on the catwalk. And like I said, we love going fishing. We love going fishing. So we I we love the ocean. Right. I remember my grandpa. Before we go out fishing, we would just sit in the car and he would just stare out the waves, and he would just look out. With his, his Filipino knowledge, he would look out and be like, well, catch fish right there. I guarantee him. <laughs> That's awesome. And so uh, I would literally just be on the catwalk just by myself, just staring on the ocean. Like, that's all I was thinking of. And any single time, because obviously word, word travels quick on ship, every single time someone would come up to me and be like, dude, I'm so sorry. I would literally say, get it out of my face. And obviously, being the, bro the brother that you want to be, you wouldn't be with your with your brother and be like right next to him supporting him and i remember i was ready to throw hands at anyone that wouldn't leave me alone anyone i was i was at a talking about rock bottom i was at it and i was on ship i didn't know what to think i i became a very aggressive person so 
like I said, I changed significantly since then. That's powerful stuff, man. I that's powerful. I, I don't think I've ever told you guys that, huh? I haven't <laughs> never heard that. Yeah. I just hearing it, I'm just like, damn. Powerful. That's, that's tough. Yeah. That's powerful. You said something that I you, you actually educated me on and, and I wrote it down. You you said the word tata comes from where? Oh, uh, tatai, it's uh, it's Ilocano for father. And what's funny is it means like direct father, so like your dad. But everyone called him tata, everyone. From Ta -ta. Tatai. Yeah, oh, tatai. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I, 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 I grew up calling my grandfather tata. I see Jerison shaking oh. his head. Is that something you, you, you did as well? No, but I feel like um, my mom was like the one who I heard I would always refer to her grandparents as Tata. Nana. Yeah, Nana. And I was that's, like, that's our that's our mom term is Nana. Yeah, so that's that gave me the chills when you were saying that because my grandfather and grandmother played such a critical role in my life growing up and you know they they were they were caregivers at certain points in my life and I called I always called them Nana and Tata and I never knew where that came from. But I, you know, I'm 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 gonna do some homework on my family history and lineage and, and where that came from, but I'm, I'm assuming it came from, from that. I, I think so. I mean, obviously, uh, the Philippines was taken over by Spaniards. So I think we, we got that from Spain and, uh, that's just what I, what I was always told as that and, and just like you were saying, uh, my grandparents, my dad or my, my parents both had three jobs between them. So, my dad had two jobs. My mom had one. And so throughout the day, we were essentially just over at my grandparents. And so when I say that, like, they were the biggest role models, like, they were they were the biggest individuals that affected change in my life, especially growing up, they were huge to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's awesome to hear because I feel like I didn't get the opportunity to you know, have that type of relationship with my grandparents. So it's cool to see, like, the type of relationship you had and how close you were to your grandfather because, like, I didn't get the same. Like, I, I didn't get to hang out too much with my grandpa and, like, especially on my dad's side because he passed away like, when he was younger. So I never got the chance to meet him. But, like, it's awesome to see that, you know, he had that big impact on you. Oh, like, massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, Going back to that, like my grandfather, I, I, the the type of person he was, I remember we would, he, I feel like he was more or less kind of like me. We could, we, we had to keep moving, we had to stay, we couldn't stay still. Uh, my my grandfather, um, he would love to go on walks, and so we're from a so much small town, so so it's pretty damn small, and uh, it's it's a predominantly not predominantly but a good majority of that population is Filipino. And I swear, we were going on walks, and we wouldn't go, like, not two minutes without someone going, oh, Bayao, which means neighbor. Bayao, how you doing? And then they would go on for conversations. And I remember as a little kid, like, you're just like, come, let's go. Like, oh, my God, I can't I can't just be here just standing watching you guys talk. And then, all right, finally, like, my my. I thought that he would look at me. Like, okay, I gotta. We gotta go. He's, I I can see him starting to get riled up. So we start walking again. Not again. Not another two minutes. Oh my y'all, is it going? Oh my. And then just, and it was like that. And like, oh my. That's, and I feel like that's where I get it from. That's yeah. why I, 
I love the center. I love when I love when it's chaotic. I love when there's a bunch of people in there. I love saying hi to everybody and just like actually interacting with everybody and not just being in there just to just say, Oh, what's up? What's going on? All right, cool. No, that that's why I love it. I, I absolutely love that because I it almost feels like I'm getting more connected to my my, my grandpa. Yeah. And like I said before, I, I feel like what you do now where it's like you, you try to go into deep conversations whenever you get a chance, like with students is like what I felt like my first semester there at, at Cal State Fullerton where it's like throughout the semester, I didn't have the, the chance to go into a deep conversation with, with anyone. So like you taking your time and being like, because the whole going out to go eat thing, I feel like it was more like a, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, to me, it was more like, damn, this dude's just saying, like, we're going to go out to eat, but he's not going to get, you know, he's not going to stick to it. The funny thing is, is that was the very first day I ever met you. I never even knew really your name. I, I, I was told of you, and then I saw you, and I was like, yo, what's going on? And then you're like, oh, I know it's a good place to eat. I was like, well, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> we went. Like, that's, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Like, I was just like, damn, like. When wants you, to go. I was like, oh. I was like, I don't, I don't think he's serious, but all right. So when you like, you know, we actually went, we drove out there, or I drove out there. And Where'd you guys go? We went to a what is it, that, B- BBQ Chicken. Yeah, right there um, on State College. State College. Shout I, out to BBQ Chicken. Come fuck with the podcast. Come sponsor <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend. Um, but yeah, like we ordered, and then we stepped outside, and then we just dove into this deep conversation. And I was like, dang, like, you know, like. For me, it was more like I appreciate him taking the time to not only come out here and like eat with me and have have lunch with me, but you know take the time to actually listen and uh, give me feedback that you know not not everybody just takes the time to to do like throughout um, like throughout their I feel like their college experience because like even now just going through college and like every sem like this being my second semester like. I talk to students and they're just, they don't know what's going on on campus. And to me, that's, it's it's crazy because I came into Cal State Fullerton wanting to be a part of the student body. Like I, I, I went to Discover Fest and then I saw this uh, human services, uh, um, this human services club. And I was like, damn, like I want to be a part of this, this club because it revolves around community service. And like, it wasn't. It was through them that I found out all these things that are going on on campus. So to me, it's surprising that not a lot of students have that urge to want to know what's going on on campus. They're kind of just like, I'm here to study, to get through my classes and move on. And it's like, what the heck? Like, yeah, it's that engagement piece. No yeah, one wants like, that engagement. And I think you know what you know what killed that. It was it was the quarantine, COVID. Everybody got so used to being essentially antisocial. They they had to literally like evolve with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I I try to flip that shit on its head, and I say, fuck that. No, I'm fucking done with the virtual. I'm done with the the a hey, keep your distance away from me. Nah, hell no. Bring it in. Bring it in. What's up? Like I'm down to talk with whoever, whatever. So. I think that's one of your strengths too, though. Like, cause you get to see how that impacts, uh, Jace, uh, Jerison, aka Jay Suave, aka Suavecito, Suavemente. We're gonna talk about that, but uh, 
like that's really your superpower, man. And I and I don't know if enough people tell you this or I don't know if you know it deep down in your heart is that like your ability to connect and build community instantly is literally, uh, in my opinion, I statements is a superpower. You know, it's something that separates you from so many other individuals that I've met in my life. And being fully transparent, it's one of the reasons why I try to keep you as close to myself as possible because it's not easy to do that. And what you do, um, number one, you do it so smoothly, but also you constantly remind people without telling them, build community because it matters and it's important. And I know if there's something you need to work on, in my opinion, is accepting a fucking compliment. You're not good at that, right? And we, we, we experienced that on multiple <laughs> occasions and I've taken to the side and been like, Raymond, shut the fuck up. I have to preface it now. So I'm like... <laughs> I'm going to tell you something in one minute. And when I tell you this, don't say no. Don't say da-da-da. Take this. So receive that. Let it let it marinate and, and remind yourself that that's where your superpower is, brother. And that, you know, this is kind of a social experiment, this whole podcast and what we're doing with it, collecting conversations. And this is a perfect example of how you've impacted another individual sitting a foot away from you. So continue to do that. Continue to, to, to build that community because... It's um, it creates lifelong lasting memories, and you get to impact so many people by just being you, you know. So when you talk about not being able to to hold a candle to your grandfather, you know, um, I, I would I would kind of dig deeper into that and and explore that because in my opinion, and I know Jay Suave's opinion, you do do that, and you're you're needed. Human beings like you are needed on this earth. Without people like you, the, the world is not as joyful as in, in is. The world is not what it's supposed to be without people like you. So I, I hope you kind of take a moment to reflect on that and, and, and absorb that because it's it's so much needed. And um, it's so it's so powerful to see in front of my life. And it's a reminder to be better at that. You know what I mean? Because this world is slowly becoming so fast paced and so. Me, 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 I got to get this done. I need to do this. But you're somebody that will slow down and, hey, motherfucker, what's up? You know what I mean? To er <laughs> er er everybody and they mamas. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You remind me a lot of my pops, actually. I never told you this, but my father was like that. My father passed away a couple years ago, and, and he was like that. And I remember growing up, I would feel embarrassed because we would go to a store, and he would create a conversation with someone, or we would be at the gym, and he'd be like, hey, what's up, man? Where you get that shirt from? And then I'd be like, dad, like he, he don't want to talk to you. He has two earphones in his head. He's like, ah, these goddamn headphones. I don't know why they, they shouldn't allow him in the gym, man. Growing up, we would go to the gym to shoot the shit. You know what I mean? Like talk motherfucker. So I think like I'm, I'm kind of living through him by doing this. So thank you for that, brother. That means a lot. Thank you. I mean, I mean, it, it helps when I literally had, someone to look up to for that the, my entire life i literally I, I was witnessing it all throughout my childhood and like i was i was i was saying to you guys it was i i, I literally couldn't even go we would go on a walk and i couldn't go two minutes without him just absolutely just chatting it up like getting into like you said or like what we were talking about earlier deep conversations with them and so 
seeing that role model already doing it, it's I feel like it's just that's just in my blood. That's that's my grandfather talking to me right there. Tatai. Right? <laughs> Tatai. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's special stuff, man. Yeah, and I mean, like talking about role models, I think for me, um, just wanting to work on like the whole, you know, veteran space and like I feel like seeing like what you do, Alex, and like everything that 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 you do for us, like that's inspiring to me because I, I appreciate that. like, you know, for me, it was more like I, I came into the center not knowing what to expect, but I feel like just seeing like how you work, and like the connections you build and like how genuine you are and all your interactions. Like to me, that's like that. You're a role model to me because because I aspire to, you know, be able to, like, you know, um, help out the community, not just the veterans, but just the student population in general and just make it like make as big as an impact as you do. Cause I know you've had a big impact on, on me and the way I see things. And like, I feel like just like getting to work with you and like, like just seeing everything you do. It's like, it's, it's mind blowing. Cause it's like, as, as a, I feel like as a Hispanic male, we don't get to see a lot of, you know, Hispanic males like be in positions that that build connections and and build community and and to see that like it, it's it's inspiring because it's like if he can do it and he I can learn from him, like I, I take every interaction we have and just anything that that you allow me to be a part of is like I I don't take it for granted, I I learn from it. And I try to grow from it and not just, you know, like I don't just let it pass on by and like forget about it. It's like I rethink it. I reflect on it. And it's like I, I owe a lot to you. And it's like, yeah, like I, I don't get to, you know, we don't get to have like a conversation. And that's mostly because I don't really know how to communicate, like, you know, my my feelings and stuff. But I owe a lot to you. And like I want to take that. this time to just, you know, thank you for everything that you've done for me like so far. And hopefully we just keep working together in the future because because you've had a big impact on me and, and I, I I everything you've taught me like I just want to you know put it out there to you know, everybody else. Thank you for that. And I have to be I have to be vulnerable and I have to be honest. And I'm a hypocrite as well because I tell other people to receive stuff. And while you say that, I'm looking down and I'm trying to like change the topic and I'm looking at my notes. But thank you for that. And I and I need to be better at um, practicing what I'm saying so I do receive that. I learned that from one of my mentors, Dr. Clint Michael Renault. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. And that does not go unseen, unheard. So um, before you switch topics, I feel like you're about to switch oh, topics. 100% right I was. 100% switch <laughs> subjects. I want to add to what you're saying, man. You. Like, I absolutely, like you, like you said. You Should are, we take an intermission? No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, damn. No, I'm trying to really hard change that subject. No, I appreciate that, boys. But no, seriously, you, you, I, I absolutely love what you do for everyone that you come in contact with you say that about me but no I, I feel like it's reflected on the leadership so Thank my you. my style is always re reflected off the leadership and like personally for me i can i mean i can't speak for everyone else but in in my own personal case personal example you literally took a shot on someone who 
And if we're going to be completely honest, does not belong in an office. I would challenge that. La- okay. Loud as hell, cannot sit still, just does not belong in an office. You, you, t- you took a shot on me and, and, and honestly now I, you have changed, you have positively affected my life for the better. I'm my brother's keeper, and and just like you all, I I I, I afford I reflect on that, and I appreciate that, and I receive that, and and also uh, an opportunity for me to, to give a shout out to my mentor, Mr. Cameron Cook, right? Because a, a lot of that style I'm developing and growing as a leader is, is from him and seeing it in practice. So that's a mentor of mine. That's a lifelong someone that I told him. The, I think I think I told him one time, like I'm like mold, brother. So I'm not going anywhere. If if we end up in different stages of our lives and we end up somewhere else, I I have your phone number. So <laughs> unless you change your phone number and ghost me, like I've been ghosted many times, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to you multiple times. So I appreciate that, my brother. And, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a reflection on my leadership as well, right? I have to uh, live by that, and and I learned that from him. And I've been around a lot of great leaders, and I, and I don't say this lightly. And it's something that I struggle with telling him. Um, since he's not here, it's easier to talk about, but, um, that's someone that's going to go on my books lifelong. One of the best leaders I've ever been a part of. And, and that's something that he shows by action, not by word. So, um, I'm happy that I can reflect that and, and be a mirror of that leadership because he's one of the best uh, in my life. And I, and I met him at the right time. And a uh, similar to you, Mr. Garcia is that, uh, he took a shot on me. So that, that's, a, that's how we pave it forward. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I am gonna transition. And you did read my mind because you're a smooth motherfucker. But I want to talk about um, these are one of the questions. So uh, I think you were there actually, Jared. And I was gonna say you guys weren't there, but you were there. I talked to some people, and I was like, "Yo, what are some things you want to know about these cats?" Because we only get to work with them in certain pockets, and we only see them in certain aspects. But I was like, "What are some things y'all want to know about these motherfuckers?" Right? Because they're kind of elusive. They're kind of uh, characters jerison one of the things that came up was about your motherfucking fashion baby boy so there's a rumor out there and i think i started the rumor <laughs> that you're one of the best dressed men i've ever seen in my life so there's a two-part question one of them is how did you get into fashion your style and balling on the budget i don't know why that was brought in but i, I don't know if there's something that i don't know about but somebody was like ask him how he balls on a budget. So I'm assuming. Hey, that one came from me, Jay. No, it did not come from me. I think me and Ray run the class of fashion is not a strong suit. Right? Like I'll wear some jeans like four days in a row. And I'll just be like, damn, I better iron it on the third day to throw them off. But uh, where where does your fashion come from? Because you are a well-dressed man. Um, you always are stylish. You're always looking fly. Low key, I'm like, damn, I wish I could have that sense and, yeah. I, and i do not so where did fashion come from is that a thing for you do you view yourself as a fashionista or uh, what What? what's up with that uh first of all i want to say thank you you know <laughs> hey you guys said it not me but um no i think um the important thing is like i'm not trying to look good for anybody else but myself mm. if i don't feel good in something i'm wearing i'm not gonna wear it. so and, and i feel like that's that's my biggest thing is like you know sometimes I, I i wear things that you know i feel like i feel comfortable in but other people are like damn like what are you wearing and it's like i i feel like just getting past the whole thing of like trying to dress for somebody else because 
at the end of the day, like you are your biggest critic or you're your hardest critic. It's a fact. Yeah. So it's like if if I know if I feel good in, in what I'm wearing, I'm going to wear it. And I don't, I'm not going to care what anybody else says. Like, I'm, I'm going to call you guys out a little bit on Friday. You know, I wore a specific shirt. <laughs> Did I look like a priest? Maybe a little bit. 100%. But I felt good in that shirt. And every time someone was like, oh, you look like a priest. You might want to bless it. It's like, yeah, on God, right. you did. Like, I do that. vividly remember somebody <laughs> came up to you and started saying Hail Marys. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I but get it's it. Like, it's like when people make comments of like, oh, you, you know, you look like this. You look like that. It's more like, all right, like you just got to acknowledge it and like and just embrace it. Because it's like, if I feel good in it, you're not going to tell me I don't look good in it. Yeah, it's like and you for gotta the, believe it. And for the record, I hope you didn't get that uh, twisted. I was one of those people that said you did look like a priest because you had the button up, no collar. It was fly, yo, it was. my man. I wish I can pull that off. I was like, damn, this boy looks fly. <laughs> he did. Hey, I'm not gonna lie though. Going back on that 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 mentality that you had about just how you dress, I feel like that's a good mentality overall for life. Because I feel like that's I I, I want to say that I. I, I try to carry that to in, in the things that I do because I'm I'm very self conscious in, in, in what I do and that's why I don't like to talk about my extracurriculars. But having that of man, it doesn't it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about whatever you do or whatever you wear, or whatever. It matters about what you think about what that does for you. Yeah, and I I think that um like a big part of it is like. Growing up, it was always like, you know, the the comparison thing. Like what I said earlier, everything is about comparison. So I feel like once you get out of that whole like, oh, I got to look a certain way and stuff like that. It's like, just, just wear whatever you want. And like, I don't take it a hard when people like crack a joke of like the whole priest thing. Like that doesn't, it, it doesn't bother me. It, it makes me laugh because. I'm just like okay, like like cool, like you're you're paying extra attention yeah, to what I'm wearing. I was gonna say that, and yeah. it's like, you know, you took the time out of your day to to give me this comment. It's like it doesn't hurt me. Like I, I'm 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 still gonna wear this shirt, and it's like you just gotta keep going because, like, <laughs> is fashion something that uh that uh that that uh that that kind of that kind of runs in your family? Where where did you get that sense of like looking fly? Cause you look fly, and I want I want to put that on record. You're always looking well dressed. From the thing I told my mama one time, I was like, from the head to the toe, this boy is in <laughs> sync with it. You know what I mean? And low uh, key, low key, a little bit of it is like, damn, wish I had that. <laughs> and that's the thing, like when when you say like balling on a budget, most of my shirts only cost like ten bucks. Yeah, where did that come from? Because that bucks. was that was a big thing. Shout out to Eddie Landeros. He was like, hey, ask him how he balls on a budget. So where 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 does that? That's a good segue. I think it's more of just. Like, you know, we we, fi- we find these websites and it's like most of the time people are like, damn, I'm going to get scammed because it's so Is cheap. it Wish? Nah, it's called uh, uh, Shein. I don't want to mispronounce it, how, but it's how do you spell it? S-H-E-I-N. S-H-E-I-N. Yeah. And you just got to go on there and just browse around. If you see, man, you're telling you this to Alex. He's gonna come in on Monday with nothing but shit. And I don't, I don't expect anything <laughs> less because I'm just saying, like, if you see something that you like, make it work. There you go. Because most of the time, 
I'm I'm gonna be honest. I bought I bought a couple of shirts that fit me a, a little bit too on the small side, and, and I get rid of those. <laughs> like you, that, that's things Except you guys never. <laughs> yeah, those, those are things you guys never see. But um, yeah, just like having fun with it, because and a lot of a lot of the whole style thing like goes like I feel like I have a a friend. His name's Adrian. Shout out to Adrian. And he. He just, he's open about everything he wears. Like, he, he doesn't, you know, we, we've gone thrifting together. You know, there's some pieces where I'm just like, yo, like, you know, you shouldn't be wearing that. But he's just like, yo, like, I like it. Like, why, why, like, your opinion isn't really going to matter. It's more like if, if he feels confident and he wears it, and like, I take that from him. And I, I, I think I take a lot of things, like, from the people I hang out with because I feel like, you know, you are a reflection of, like, the people you associate with. So, like, just, yeah, just have fun with whatever you wear. Because it's, like, at the end of the day, we're, we're all going to end up either six feet under or in ashes. That's true. And it's, it's like, at that point, ain't no one going to care what you're wearing. That's true. That is very, very true, man. And uh, what was, uh, like, your brother, sister in the fashion? Like, how, how, how just, you just kind of... <laughs> I don't like that vision making. Damn. Nah, I feel like he's like, nah, they suck. <laughs> nah, like it's not that they suck. I feel like they're more on the comfortable side. Gotcha. Like if shout out to me. Yeah, I was about to say, what's <laughs> wrong with that? I love what you want to And, and there's there's nothing wrong with it. I feel like a lot of time, and I, that's a big thing for me. It's like they're not dressing for anybody else but themselves, and just how I am. I'm not dressing for anybody else but myself. If I if I don't like what I'm wearing. And I don't feel 100% in it. I'm not going to wear it because it's like I'm trying to look good for myself. And for them, it's like I I feel good. And they feel like they look good, so they wear it. And it's like um, I feel like my, my, my brother and sister are a lot like my dad because they just wear whatever they're comfortable in. But I feel like my mom like takes extra time. And like make, if there's a party good shout out to the mama so yeah it's like so i feel like that's that's where like my sense of like the importance of like what you're wearing is like comes from because like i feel like just the time she takes in to put like to put in an outfit together is like the time i take to put an outfit together like every day it's not like like in the week even on the weekends like even if i'm not gonna see anybody if i don't look good for myself it's like why am i trying to look good for everybody else Take notes, Raymond, and I'm also talking to myself. And I also want to talk about. Uh, I also want to talk about your um, the accessories you wear, right? Because that's something that's kind of always stood out to me, and I've been saving it for this conversation so that we can be authentic and genuine. I noticed you wear a, a cross, and then you have a, a red bracelet, and then you have another bracelet, and you have a couple rings. Is is there any significance behind any of that? So the the necklace or the chain I wear. And, and, it's a cru- was, and it's a crucifix, by the way. Yeah, My yeah. bad, I just said cross. Yeah, it's 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 a crucifix. Um, when I was in high school, my dad gifted me uh, the exact same crucifix I'm wearing. And, you know, going to the school I went to, to the high school I went to, it got jacked. So there I was, you know, running my laps in PE. And then I get back to my locker, and my, my crucifix is gone. And I'm just like, damn, like, how am I going to, how am I going to explain this to my dad? So I was, so, you know, like I let him know, like, Hey, got Jack. 
And, um, you know, just recently just having the opportunity to just be able to like afford to buy the same exact crucifix size that he gifted me. It's more of just like a remembrance, a remembrance like to my dad. Cause it's like, I owe him that much to, you know, he gifted me that and I lost it. It got stolen from me, but you know, like that hurt. Cause it's like, damn, like he gifted me this and you know, it's all gone. But yeah, like my cross is for my dad. Um, the red, uh, little neck, the little bracelet I wear is more for the same thing. Like for my dad. Cause, um, it's it's said that like the red uh red red bracelet with like the eyes on it it's supposed to ref, uh reflect the negative energy and like if there is something like some negative energy being like directed towards you the the bracelet just falls off and you're supposed to just keep it off cuz if you pick it back up you're picking up that negative energy mm, interesting um the the rings i wear um the pinky ring I, I don't know why. I just love wearing pinky rings. It's for when he gets in a fight. And it was it's like no, brass knuckles. No, I've, I've learned to just take my rings off. <laughs> but um, no, nah, it was it was a gift from my girl. She she got to go on a vacation with her family, and she came back, and you know I gave her my ring size, and you know when she got back it was a little too small. <laughs> the only finger it fit on was my pinky ring. So now I just wear it on my pinky ring because it's it's more of just like a remembrance of like her. Like she's still with me, but you know she's always with me. What's her name? Victoria. Shout out to Victoria. Yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting her, and I, I just wanted to make sure you were cool. But shout out to Victoria, cool ass lady, down ass lady. Yeah. She, she, you can see how much she supports you and loves you. Is is there words written on it? Uh, so for my pink ring, there isn't, but for uh, I wear a ring on my middle finger, and that's the Our Father. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this this ring. I just kept it on because. While I was overseas, like the only thing that I, I I could look, you know, for, I just for a sense of reflection and just hope was was you know like religion, and I feel like before I left or like for years now I feel like the whole like religion aspect was for me was more like uh like straying away from it because it all it just revolves around money now, and you know I'm not trying to be controversial or anything but when you when you go to a certain like um, worship places, it's all about oh you know donations for the church and donations for the church again, and that's what led me to strain away from it. But while I was overseas, just like having you know, because I I believe in God and I believe in the Virgin Mary, so just having them to like fall back on and just talk to them when nobody else you know, was available was like a big, a big thing for me. Cause, and, and that's why I carry the, our father on, on my, on my, you know, on my rings. Cause it's like every time I went through hardship and, you know, I hit those low points, it was more like, all right, say in our father and just go to bed. So like, that's why I think it's important. I carry it. And then my break, my other bracelet is just more of like a tiger's eye and, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you got to get into stones. And when I got the opportunity to go visit family, they were just like, oh, we have a Tiger Eyes bracelet. And I just I just bought it. I feel like it it, it, it switches out from Tiger's Eye to Obsidian. So, so that's where it came from. Shout out to Victoria because I know she keeps you dripped up 
she keeps you you dripped up uh, and and making you looking good. Uh, so shout out to her, man. And yeah. I, I know that's something. Is is religion something? Is religion something that's uh, big for you? Um, I don't think now. I don't think it's as big as it was before. Because I feel like when I was younger, like my dad would go to church. We would go to church every Sunday. Sometimes there was times where, yeah, like we there there was no way we can miss, you know, uh, Sunday mass, and like. So just growing up and just like that being a big part of my dad, I feel like it still is a big part of my like of me because like I like I I rely on it when I have nobody else to talk to. So like I feel like religion is just a big sign of hope, and when you're low or when I'm low, and I I just need some some type of hope to just keep keep my like keep me from to like you know keep pushing forward like i just fall back heavy on on religion i feel that bro something i usually don't talk about but you know i'm with my brothers right here so i feel safe talking about it but uh same with me man i I, uh i had a i I wear a dog tag with a crucifix on it and i got it blessed by uh you know by, by a religious leader before we deployed and i haven't taken it off since it's it's fading and like kind of getting kind of funky looking it smells kind of funky but uh i haven't i haven't taken it off i took it off one day because the chain broke and i was like hey i'm gonna buy a new chain and uh, i'm just gonna keep rocking it and that day man i'm not super i'm I'm a little superstitious because i'm a baseball player but that day was like i got crazy bad news and like i just got hit by all of this stuff and that night i went to sleep and i was reflecting on it and i was like this is the first night i've ever been without this peace on me and i remember that night i got so freaked out that i like went in my closet i the true story i found a shoelace and i put it on the on 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 the piece on the the religious piece that i have over my chest um around my neck and i tied it off and i tied it on my neck and i was like i'll never go a day without and i apologized and i prayed on it and then that morning i like i had work i called out of work to go buy a chain and put it back on and i haven't taken it off yet of course, I've been faced with some adversity since then, but I just feel like this protecting. I just feel I, I feel complete with it with it on. So I've never really shared that, but I, I can I can relate to you on that big time, bro. It's uh, almost this blanket of comfort. And again, yeah. for me too, it, was, it it wasn't during dark times in my career, in my life, where those were my outlets for safety and, and, and protection. So, what about you, brother? Is uh, I I. I I was gonna segue, but I see you have a question. So we'll no, I, I, it's funny you say that because I mean we we already had this conversation. I remember we, it was when we were talking about me riding, and uh, I feel I feel inherently safe. Not inherently safe. That's, that shouldn't be the right word. I feel just safe in general because I know, not I know, but I have this thing in my head that the, the superstition thing. I remember we were talking about it on our on our way back from uh, one of the uh, campus or something, but. Um, I feel safe on my motorcycle. I feel, I don't want to say untouchable, but I feel just so safe because I like to try to be, I, I, I try to put good out and I, I, I understand that there's like some karmic, I don't know, energy in this universe that if I put good out, good will come back. So I feel good. Yeah. Is, is religion something that was big for you growing up or huge? No. Oh, really? Huge, huge. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very religious and very superstitious. Um, that's why, yeah, 
Jerry knows about it. Um, right, Jerry's laughing. I need the backstory behind this. <laughs> no, I, whenever like we're rocking in groups or something, like you can't split poles. I'll get mad at all them if they start doing this. Oh, shit. really? I yeah. didn't know that. The funny thing is that the other day he was like, I, I think you were talking about like moving into a new place. And they said that oh. the, like the previous owner was like passed. had passed away. Or oh, something. dude, I ain't doing that. And he was I'm like, not doing no, that. I'm not doing that. And then I don't you know, know what's crazy. Was like, what's crazy, too, is about that. So my, my brother called me about that. It was like, dude, we just looked at the new place. And, and the realtor said, hey, it's, it's on discount because the, the previous tenant Fucking passed. Fucking take your and discount. And I was like, yo, yeah, <laughs> take it to the next guy. I'm not doing it. I'm the same I, way. And I was just telling my mom. I, I call my mom every day and I tell her about it. She's like, whatever's going on. And I had a dream. I was telling my mom, I had a dream that we were in our new place and there was this, I don't know, it was like we we're, we we're like one of those roundabout stairway or not roundabout, but like the U-turn stairway. And like on that U-turn, there was just, I don't know, this like spirit that would come out and they'd say, what's up? Do, do you both kind of question for both of y'all? I see Jerson chuckling like a motherfucker. <laughs> do, you, do you guys believe in uh, spirits? Do you guys believe in? Yes. Uh, yeah. hundred yes. percent. I'm, Cause okay, so I mean we're very religious. If you believe in in the good spirits, you can it's got to be negative, right? Got to be negative. That's what I'm always talking about. Like yeah, and that's why that's and that's another reason why I try to be positive about what, everything I do. Like if if hopefully I'm in my head, if I put out good, I'm hoping that nothing but good will come back. There's 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 a certain karmic like spirituality of it. So, so you said the word, do you guys believe in karma as well? Is that, is that, is that 100%, 100%, yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't, I, 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 I try not to mess with that. I do too, man. I want to be honest with you. Like when I do look, we all fucking backslide, right? We all do something we shouldn't do. Yeah. And whenever I do those things, I get it instantly, bro. And I'm like, I'm going to eat that. I'm going <laughs> to eat that. I'm gonna, I, I don't want to go into the details of it, but I, I was sharing with everybody that uh, one of my first couple episodes of this podcast, of this show, of these collection of conversations, I had spilt a beer on my laptop and I had to go get it repaired. Well, that day I didn't do something great. And I'm not going to go into the details of it, but I was like, That's swallow why. that. <laughs> go pay that $250 and get ripped off because they put some air in it. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that keeps me in check. Me yeah. too, bro. Because yeah. there's always these temptations to just freaking yep. Take a shortcut. Bad. Take a quick shortcut. And I just like it just clicks on my mind, and I'm just like, nah, yo, like whatever you're about to do, make yeah. sure you're ready to receive that shit back because <laughs> it's it's no lie. And that I'm just part. like, damn, that's so true. And it's crazy you say that, man, because even for myself, I'm like, I'm gonna make a conscious decision to do something. That maybe I shouldn't. Okay, Alex. Now I have legit conversation with like, Okay, Alex, are you prepared to be okay with whatever comes your way? I do Sometimes I'll be like, Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. And then it happens, and I'm like, thing. Hey, shut up, swallow that, put your head down, and keep it yeah. pushing. And then other times I'm like, I'm not right now. I have a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on. Oh, that's great. I never knew that about you boys, but I'm, I'm the same way. That That's so interesting, man. A uh, couple questions for you, Raymond, that came up oh, when we were talking to people. Uh, one of the things that people wanted to know about was um, you're a motorcycle enthusiast, right? You you have a Harley Davidson. You probably know the model better than me. What, what, what? Lowrider S. Okay. And what, what kind of got you into motorcycle riding? How did that start? How did that come about? What's that like for you? Uh, yeah, no, I, I've always loved that. I, I feel like I'm an adrenaline junkie. I, I, I love just, just 
like getting that adrenaline just going. I don't know, something about it, but uh, it, it really stemmed from my cousin who actually got me into the Marines. Uh, he, he used to ride motorcycles before he got in. He actually had a bad accident, like real bad, had uh, like shattered his leg, had Shit. plates in his leg now. But it stemmed from that. And uh, when I was when I was actually in the military, they they offered a BRC basic riders course, and uh, I jumped on it. And with that course, I was able to get my license. So uh, I I started doing it when I was in. Uh, I've been riding six seven years now, and uh, I absolutely love it. No, and having the privilege of knowing you and the intricacies of your life, one thing that I've always noticed that stood out to me is like uh, when you're having a day that's not maybe the best day. I know something you're always vocal about is like, I need to get on my bike. So what does getting on your bike do for you? And uh, do you recommend um, motorcycling or riding your bike for oh, therapy? Absolutely. Like for, for, for me, what it does is it gets me out of my head. Because uh, uh, popular contrary belief, I, I feel like I'm an overthinker. I feel like people might say that I underthink or I, I don't think enough about things, but I feel like I overthink things. And it just gets me out of your head because, man, when you're on the bike, it's just you, the open road, because you literally can be on end. Like, you are just in between lanes, and it's just open road. And uh, there's just something about it. And I, what I love doing is, uh, and this this kind of goes back to my grandfather, but I, I love going by the beach. I love going by the ocean. Just something about it. Just even the, uh, the, the smell of the salt water is so nostalgic. It's it, it literally just brings me back to me being in a kid sitting with my grandfather in the in the tr in, in our little uh, beat up SUV looking out in the ocean, just him doing his Filipino magic, looking at where the fish will be. I love that story, fish right here. <laughs> I love that. So, is that something that is uh, like a form of self care for you right now? Yeah, it's hundred percent, hundred percent. It's uh, one of my biggest things of. Hey, like you, as just like you said, I, I'll, I'll be having a, a terrible day, whether it be um, whatever it is. Uh, I the, the the first thing I think of is, man, I, I got to go right down PCH. I, it's it's my personal form of um, recreational therapy. It's either that, or I also love uh, going out in the ocean and uh, and go paddleboarding. That's beautiful, man. It's always important to find those things in our life that kind of re-energize us or get us fired up. So. That's cool, man. That's uh, you. You wrote here today, and uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's always anxiety provoking to drive a car behind you <laughs> when you're on your motorcycle because I think you lean into leans. You know what I mean? Like you lean into turns. So, another question that somebody wanted to ask was like, you know, because we we all have this perception of ourselves and we view ourselves, but it's interesting to see other people's perspective of us. And one of the questions was like, hey, how did he break out of his shell? How is he the way he is now? So um, willing to build these connections, willing to say hi to anybody he meets. Where, where did that come from? And did you see, was there an anchor point in your life that said, okay, I need to go this way. Or I need to be like this. You know what? Um, actually, yeah, there was. Uh, it was this point where I remember... Um, I, I don't know. I, I was was like again. I was like this when I was a kid. I, I was very, um, always running around, and and my my parent or my mom specifically would be, "Are you not ashamed?" So as I was growing up, I would always be ashamed of things, and I think that's where the overthinking would would kind of come into it. But it was actually when I got out, 
I, I lived with one of my cousins. Got out of the military? Yeah. When I got out of the military, um, I, I felt like the I lived with my cousin who he, exactly what you guys were saying, I feel like he, whatever he wanted to do that made him feel good, and he would do it. And so uh, I think once I got out and I lived with him for a little bit, I, I kind of, I, I meshed well with him and, and it started melding into me. So that, that, that's something that, uh, that, uh, that, that's something that you, you, uh, so you, it started that, it started yeah. that where you were like, uh, I, yeah, cause I started living with it. Right. So, so he would, would kind of go do his own thing and every single time someone would uh, come up, uh, he would do exactly what I do now is literally just hey, asking him about how they are doing and, and not just ask just to start a conversation, but like ask because they like you genuinely you genuinely care. Yeah, and that, that's something that like I'm really impressed. Like my opinion fucking matters, but that's something that I learned from you. Right, like I try to be a sponge around people, and it's like you ask, but it's not like one of those like, "Hey, how you doing?" I don't know. I don't know if you guys ever ask anybody like, "How you doing?" They're like, it's "Good." The pass by, and then you're like, "Good, good, good, yeah, cool." And you're like, "Motherfucker, that motherfucker just could have gone through a divorce, and you don't give one fuck." But I feel like when you ask people, it's exactly that. You genuinely are like, hey, how are you? When Whenever I ask that, what I call those, what you were just talking about, that, oh, hey, what's going on? Yeah, good. All right, cool, cool. I hate those. I absolutely hate those. Those are what I call pass-by conversations where you don't know the guy and you're literally just like, hey, what's going on? Good. You have a good day? All right, cool. All right, good day. And then you literally just pass and keep going. I see Jerry's and crack a smile, so I want to explore what's going through your head right now. I, I got him. I got him. What what what's going on? He's cracking up right now. Nah, I just think that. I mean, it's funny he says that because there was this one time where I was just like, "Damn!" Like Raymond kind of just brushed that dude off. Oh, but it, it's more of like when he's getting into that mindset of like, uh, of like his fights and stuff. It's oh, yeah. it's more of like yeah, that's it's, it's it's passive. So it's just funny because like I think about it, and I'm just like that day I was just like, "Damn!" Like. That's the first time I've ever seen him just like kind of brush off a conversation. And I think I think you said it right, right? Like there's times where we're in our own heads where we don't have that energy, right? But I I, I know you're one of those people that when you do, like, cause you check in on me, and I always appreciate that, bro. Cause you're always like, hey, how are you? And I think the other day actually it was like a couple of weeks ago. You were like, hey, are you good? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm good. And then you sat down, and I was like, oh fuck, here you go. <laughs> I have to really answer this. And then I'm like diarrhea like <laughs> actually no this is what I'm not, if you really want to know he's like damn he closes the door he's very slick with it you close the door and be like he doesn't say like let's talk about her and he's just like damn and i'm like all right i'm gonna keep going so i always appreciate that brother uh, about you and it is genuine i do understand that too right because there's times where i'm like uh, somebody i ask somebody i'm gonna be honest and be vulnerable and then i'm like damn i hope I hope they just say good right now. <laughs> like like we, we all have those days yeah. or we're busy and we have like a million emails or text messages sent. Another thing people want to talk about, um, and this is a, a, a deep conversation here, so forgive me, but somebody wanted to know about you singing and working out to Adele. Where does that come from? Where does that stem from? What are your feelings on Adele? Am I saying the name right? Adele? Adele. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So because because real quick, if anybody who's been a, a constant listener of this, one, one of my one of my one of my good brothers, my good mentors, uh Joey Arnalis, he was on here with his daughter 
and he and his daughter brought up how he sings to Adele and he gets emotional. And I was like, I looked at him dead in his eyes, like motherfucker, really? And it, and I caught myself because I was like, damn. He's like, he broke it down. So listen to that shameless plug collection of conversations, the latest yeah. episode. So uh, I see, I see, Jerison. Did you did you hear that yeah, part? Yeah, because I feel like when I heard him say that, or when I heard it, when I heard his daughter say, oh, you know, he's the biggest Adele fan. Instantly, I was like, man. Raymond. Yeah. <laughs> so that's magical. Like, to me, like, I hear Adele and I'm over here in my feelings. So when I hear you, like, oh, yeah, I get pumped to Adele. I'm like, how? Yeah. So that's, how does that and work? That's, that's why. It's, it, it goes back to your emotions. And it, it's it's almost like how, how much emotion she puts into her songs is how much emotion I put into my workouts. And that's what I love about it. So break that down. Like, what are what does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, when I, when I listen to it, like get this uh you get raw you know what i mean and uh i feel like raymond just caught me and jerison looking at each other like oh damn go ahead bro. <laughs> I, I, i'm authentic on this you know? and uh yeah no I, you you start listening to it and like you you really start i don't know getting really into why do you do the things you do you know what i mean and i feel like i'm doing i don't work out and i, I i've i started noticing this lately is I, I remember talking to you about it when I when I started working out over at uh, the school's gym, is I feel like a lot of people are working out for other people, and I said and I, I want to turn that on its head and I, I want to say fuck that like the reason why I work out is for me, and when I listen to that, hey man, the the way that she's kind of in tune with um, her music, the way that she puts passion in her music is how much passion I want to put in when I work out. You know what I mean? And it's that it's that thing of, um, I don't know, you, I've, I've always gotten, like whenever I have fights coming up, I'll actually listen to slower songs. I'll listen to like shit like Lady Gaga where it's like, I don't know, some something more like that. How you were talking about James Arthur, right? Well, that was you, right? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I feel like, I think as a, like, I, I feel like when I feel, I feel. So, like, just hearing, like, like how we, like, how you said, like, just talking about James Arthur, like, I feel like there's songs where I'm just like, damn, like. Right? You're, and you're and putting, it's emotional, right? Yeah, like, you're putting my emotions into words, and I reflect with that. Like, I, I, I connect with, with them and, like, what they're saying, and that just makes the song have, like, a deeper meaning. But just stay on top, like stay on topic about Adele. Which, what would you say is your favorite song? How you gonna, <laughs> you gonna put my business out there? All right, I, I, honestly, as of right now, it's either uh, Easy on Me or When We Were Young. And when I hear that, when I hear one of those, man, I literally and and you know what's funny is obviously like when I listen to music in the gym, it's 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 blaring in my head, right? And so like sometimes I'll, I'll be lip lip like lip singing while i'm lifting and like i'll just be like so into the song like i'll i'll be man squatting heavyweight pressing whatever and there's times where like because obviously like when you're you're lipping it and all of a sudden like you're exhaling i don't know if i'm actually singing in real life fucking jerison has a smile on his face the whole time <laughs> you're saying this what's yeah, going through your no, mind because he like he brought up like i'm not gonna lie like i, I get down to some adele if I'm if I'm driving by myself, I'm putting on an emotional song. Cause that's hey. the only time. That's the only time I feel like that we get to just like 
just like reflect be vulnerable on like, a little yeah, bit. Like, yeah, yeah right, right. Like not being judged. So like when you were like, oh, you know, when we were young is my favorite song. Like I I I picture myself just like driving home. And that's the first song I'm gonna I'm a blast as I'm driving home, and yo, I'm gonna sing my heart out. Yo, quick, shameless plug because I have to do it. Whoever's listening to this, send this to Adele. That's three veterans <laughs> out of four or five that I've interviewed that fuck with Adele. Adele, come fuck with the podcast. Change my life one time for the kids. What's your favorite song, Raymond? Yeah, we were just going over that. Is uh, "Easy on Me" or um, or when we were young? I think honestly, when we were young, I'm starting to pull. That and then also chasing pavements, chasing pavements. Yeah. Let me tell. Oh man, yeah. What does when, it do for those, you, brother? Like no bullshit. Hey, like it, it literally, like I said, it, it gets me to that raw sense of emotion where like I start plugging that into my workouts, and that's my drive. That's Adele, my drive. Come fuck with the kids, man. <laughs> One time for the kids. We need your support, Adele. We're trying to blow this up, so. Everybody who's listening to this, send this to Adele. Let them know how they're impacting lives and they're changing lives. What's up, Jay? I'm to say the same thing. Just, hey, send it to her. If she's going to come to L.A. or Orange County area, just, you know, let us know, Adele. We want to be front row. We want to be singing our heart out. Shit, what's up, Adele? I'm single. I'm just hey, whoa. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Come on. Wayne Gretzky. Or is that Jordan? <laughs> yeah. I'm confused. I don't know. Which, oh, that's dope. So how did you get, in, how did how did, did that, did you seek that music? Did it pop up? No, that that actually came from, uh, so it was when I was in high school, uh, right before football games. Right before football games, I, would, I, would, um, I used to listen to pump-up songs, right? And, um, but then something, uh, more or less tragic happened it was uh one of my one of my cousins wasn't do too well and so I, you know how like they always say whenever you're feeling down you always listen to down like sad yeah. music and and so like it was in the middle of it so yeah, i was listening to my shit but then i noticed that like when i listen to that i would actually get more pumped up i would get i would get amped really i would get amped even before my fights i'm i'm listening to I don't want to say what I'm listening to. It's going to be, it's a little, it's a little controversial. Yeah. And so I'll be listening to like very like sad shit when I'm, when I'm working out. I mean, when I'm getting ready for, um, like literally when I'm in the back, when I'm, Oh really? I'll be listening. Just getting into that mind state of pain. And yeah, I don't don't know what it is about it. It's just something about it that like just amps me up. You know, my brother, Joey Ornales, man, shout out to, to Joey straight out of Tennessee. Uh, transplant from Orange County, but he he mentioned that as well, man. When he fires his kids up, he he will put up. Uh, he has two beautiful daughters, athletes, um, leaders, and that that's one of the artists that pop, you know, during our pre-interview and during our interview, during our conversation. So that's pretty fascinating, man. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't fuck with Adele like that, but I I'm going to. I'm and, and I'm being dead serious. I'm gonna I'm gonna start putting that on rotation. You gotta listen to it, like he said. When what Jay said, you gotta listen to it when you're in in the car alone. So so, give me top three songs that our listeners can go right now and listen to. Pa- something pavements. So when we were young, when we were young, chasing pavements. Okay. And, um, easy on me. All right, easy on me. So everybody listening, go go go, fuck with those. And it'll change your life. Let me tell you. I like it, man. I like it. I, I, uh, uh, 
did you ever do any work on Adele? Like where she came from or any of the backstory piece? Or is it just the music that inspires you? No, it's the music. It's 100%. I, what I think what it attributes to is, again, the, the emotions, the the how much passion she puts behind her music is, is how much passion I want to put in whenever I'm working out, whenever I, uh, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm doing. Because honestly, when, if you're doing something and you're not doing it because you love it, why the fuck are you doing it? Straight up. And uh, one, one thing that actually my grandfather taught me, um, and this, this oh, and, and he told me this when I first joined. Uh, he was telling, he told me, do something out of love, not for it. Ooh. And uh, essentially what that meant is, do something because you fucking love it. Not because... You want to fall in love with whatever it does, or you want to fall in love with how it makes other people look at you. I and love that. I that, that that resonates with me so much. Appreciate that, man. Uh, Grandpa still making an influence and impact on all of us, man. Another question that was asked was, "What's up with Katy Perry?" <laughs> <laughs> Hey, these are the questions from no, the crowd, man. I know, I know exactly what you're referring to. I'm so, not referring to a goddamn no, thing. These know, are what the community is exactly asking. What you're referring to. So we had, it was when I first got brought on on onto the staff for the Vendor Resource Center over at Cal State Fullerton. We were doing walkout songs, and we, I, I, Jay, I know you don't know about the story, so I'm gonna let you know about it right now. And so they were saying, "Hey, pick walkout songs," and no one knew me. The only people that knew me were our team members, which was essentially that are still there. Aaron, Hillary, Omar, April. That was it. That was, oh, and Sierra. Those were the only people that really knew me that are still there right now. And so when we were all picking walkout songs, everybody else was virtual. So we were doing all the all staff meetings on Fridays. We were doing them all online. They would play a walkout song, and you had to guess who it was. And originally, I picked Heart of a Champion by Nelly. And that was like, that was my shit at the time. I, I, would, I would just listen to that, and I'd be like, fucking monster when i listen to that song <laughs> and um and then everybody else get was like no i i picked this or like i, I picked something that they you never guess it so i was like oh so we're trying to be funny with it got it and so this was we did the walkout song three weeks after i started and apparently i, I guess when uh i i when i worked there uh every single time a staff meeting would come up uh, Sean was essentially my Alex uh, when I first got brought on. He would forget to introduce me because what he said, I f like, he would forget that I'm new, and that every that I've been working there forever. That everyone already knew me, and so we would play the walkout songs, and my song came on, and everybody would type in who it was. All I would see was Dakota, 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 and she's a female that works over at at, at the center. Shout out to Dakota, <laughs> and. Everyone would think it was her, and I was just like, "Well, damn!" And then the song ended, and then Sean was like, "All right, so y'all thought it was Dakota wrong? It's our new hire, Raymond." And I had no one even knows I even am working at the center, and this yeah. is essentially my first like introduction. Yeah, in, in front of everybody, I go. All right, how how's it going? My name is Rem Garcia. Uh, most of you don't know me, but once you do, you're gonna find out that like Katy Perry is my spirit animal, and that's all I said. <laughs> and I could just see because everyone's like camera still on and whatever. I see Alex and Omar; their faces are like, Ugh. 
<laughs> and so that was my first introduction to everybody. So yeah, Katy Perry I, uh, right now is a special place in my heart. Katy Perry, come <laughs> fuck with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We trying to recruit everybody, man. We, you're making you're making an impact on these young men's lives. So that's dope, man. And in, 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 in all seriousness, man, we kind of make a joke of it, but being vulnerable in that aspect of like being able to really talk about music that moves you, like even even me, like reflecting back on those those moments of an icebreaker or whatever, like sometimes exactly we, that's why i wrote that down do something out of love not for it right sometimes we, we we do things that we anticipate other people wanting to hear opposed to our authentic and exactly. genuine exactly so that's inspiring and you're inspiring so many other people so another question people asked about mr garcia they wanted to know was um actually they just said two words they were like just mention it and see how he responds and it was rom coms <laughs> and I think that's short for anybody who doesn't know romantic comedies. Is that right, Jerson? Yep. So yep. what are, what is your love or fascination with these comedies that are romantic? Let me tell you, it has everything you need. Like I don't okay. know. It's okay. Essentially, what it is, what breaks down to is, it's not my first favorite genre movies. Let me tell you, Marvel like superhero movies are my first. Second is rom romantic comedies. Now they got everything you need. They literally have like the ups and downs. They got the emotions. They have their romantic aspect of it. Hey, is the guy gonna get the girl at the end, or or vice versa, or even is the guy gonna get the guy? Who knows? Like whatever it is, I don't know something about it. I love it. One, would, of my, it's my second favorite genre movie. Would you consider yourself a hopeless romantic? You gonna put me on the spot like that, Jay? I, I just got to know because it's curious, man, because I mean, hey, confession, <laughs> I'm a hopeless I'm not, romantic. Okay. If I'm if I'm being 100% honest. Yeah. What is a hopeless romantic? I feel like a hopeless romantic. No matter romantic what is you're like gonna, you, you're going to find the one you go the above and beyond. So yeah. like that cat from 51st Dates when he got turned down. No, for what, what I love, what I love to, to, to say is a hopeless romantic. And what's funny is I'm actually about to finish season nine of How I Met Your Mother. But uh, How I Met Your Mother, Ted, Ted Mosby, the, the main character in it, he's a hopeless romantic. Like he's, man, he's been shot down. He's been just messed with. He's been just shit on. But no matter what, he's going to find the, the perfect person for him. Love that, man. That's, that's the life goal for a lot of us, right? Jerison, for you, movie genre, wh what do you go to? What's kind of your uh, get down? Um, Be vulnerable, though. Don't just say, hey, don't do this. For love, do it out of love. He's like gangsters. <laughs> Scarface. Yeah, blood in, blood out. <laughs> Classic. Um, I would say horror, like horror, like genre is like. Is like what, what the I damn hell? What? Only because, look, I'm not going to lie. Most of the time, I'm covering my eyes. But. <laughs> Me too. It, it's it's that the thrill. It's like, am I going to be scared? Or is this even going to be scared? Man, I'm not going to lie draws to me to that. So I, going back to that horror piece, I yesterday I'm gonna I'm gonna let everybody know we we did an escape room and it, it might have been a little scary. Um, I asked the person, "Is someone gonna be jumping out at us?" And he would not answer us to save his life. And I kept looking at Jay saying, "If someone jumps out at me, I'm gonna punch him. I'm gonna <laughs> knock him out." This, this man was like, "Hold my hand, hold oh my hand my the whole time." Lord. Is that a factual statement? <laughs> Why we like, putting oh. everybody's like business like that out there, I'm Jake? Saying, Come I on. Was, like going into it, it was the last thing I expected. I was like, you 
know, I'm, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a detective. I'm going to figure this out. And then Raymond looks over and he's like, hey, hold my hand. He's like, I'm scared. I was like, oh, right. I was like, oh, this is not what I expected. I feel like I didn't say it like that. I said, hey, we're not going to be going into any rooms alone. You're going into every room with me. That was cold word for a whole thing. <laughs> but, but the words did come out of his mouth where he was like, we're going to hold hands. And I was like, I was like, I think this dude's playing. But then, you know, he reaches over. And we're holding hands. But did you hold it? But hold on. Did we you hold we interlock fingers for the crowd <laughs> out there. Lord. We interlock fingers. All right. And, and, and we made it through. 30 seconds left. But we made it through. We figured that thing out. Got it done. That's what it's all about. That's what Brotherhood is all about. Uh, Jerison, I'll ask you, then I'll ask Raymond, what's your favorite movie app? Like, what, what's your go-to? You and Victoria chilling, about to make a, a family, practice on making a family. What's your guys' uh, movie app you put on? And asked him everything about his life, and then we got to the yeah, movies. I'm stumped. Nah, I think because, like, if I'm gonna be honest, I don't really watch TV. Not too much, yeah. Uh, like, if like, I, I hardly have the chance to watch TV, but like when we do watch TV, it's either Disney Plus, Netflix, or Hulu. In that order, uh, I feel like Hulu a little bit more, only because I want to say they have a uh, the show. Uh, the nanny, and I feel like when I'm over at Victoria's, like that's one of the shows we have like going on, where it's like I, I as like when I was younger, I didn't really take the time to watch the show. So, like knowing that she's into the show, I I feel like she puts it on, and I'm just like, damn, like this this show's pretty funny. That's what's up. What about you, Raymond? Uh I mean, going back to my favorite uh, genre of movies is uh, Marvel superheroes. So Disney Plus for sure. Disney and then Plus. Also, I do like some of the more Disney movies that they have on there. So, so Disney Plus is your go-to. That's 100%. what's up, man. Nothing wrong with that. You said that shit shy. You said the shy. Uh, Jerison, what's your favorite cereal? What's your go-to cereal in the morning? Shout out to Eddie Landeros. That is his question. It's my for boy. Everyone. That's, that's my his, brother. Yeah, that's his go-to question. Executive I producer of the show remotely. He's my uh, one of my mentors. Go ahead. Every time I think about cereal, this dude, this dude pops into my head, <laughs> and I'm a little upset about that because I can't enjoy my cereal without thinking about Eddie. <laughs> but um, chief executive producer Eddie Landeros, <laughs> one of the most talented artists I ever met. He's coming out on the podcast Tuesday. What's I, your show? I think right now, my top because I. Top two. Uh, Fruit Loops and Kicks. Classic. I, I want to dig into that Kicks, but I want to hear Raymond's. I I mean, you have one of them, which is Honey Bunches of Oats. I'm looking at it right there. Classic. And then it's also. expired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, the Honey Nut Cheerios, the cinnamon one with the little uh, oats in it. Oh, I like that. Where did the Kicks inspiration come from? Food stamps. A hundred percent. I thought we were going there. That's the only introduction <laughs> I've had. I think did we had this talk the other day, right? I was yeah, like, I think we like we yeah, you're eating up, a bag of kicks. That's why. Yeah, I feel like, you know, coming from a, you know, less fortunate family, I feel like we relied heavy on food stamps and, and it was either kicks or honey nut Cheerios. But every time we got kicks, it was like a. It was, it was like a prize. I love it. I love it. Hot or cold showers, starting with Raymond? It depends. Honestly, it depends on the mood. 
But uh, hot, I love hot showers. What's your go-to? Hot What's showers. Hot showers. Cheers. Cold. Cold. Whoa. Yeah. Aggressive approach. Every like morning? Every morning. I feel like they just wake me up. How cold are we talking? Are we talking we're moving that little motherfucking <laughs> dial <laughs> to the enough. right or to like right past medium? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I take, shower, I take cold showers to the point where it's like I start off with my big toe. You know, I got to get my big toe used to the cold water. And then I just work my way up. That's how cold we're talking Man, about. You are, you are something about it. There's something about you and toes. I don't know. You keep I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> Red or green salsa, Jerison. Tacos. I would say both. I just mix them. But if Whoa. I had to pick, it would be the green. Green. Raymond. I love the red. I love spicy. I love You want red? Oh, yeah. You want red with it. Okay. I like that. What's your go-to breakfast, Raymond? <laughs> Same thing. It's been for the past two years. Three eggs and an avocado. Every morning. Every morning. Fried, scrambled, over easy, Fried. hard-boiled. Yeah, over medium. I like it. What about you? I don't think I have a, a specific breakfast. I feel like uh, probably a peanut butter jelly. Ooh. Is it? Oh, that's that's what I was. Your breakfast? For. Yeah, I feel like even Classic. even like till this day, if like when I went through school, like for the military, I have a a very unique palate. You know, I'm picky. Yeah, so, it sounds like a child. So, so when I didn't when I didn't like any of the food we were going with. It was always peanut butter jelly. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I can relate to that. So it's like I can now. So it, relate to it. Yeah, it's like now it, I'm just like, damn, like if I could have my go-to breakfast, it would be peanut butter jelly sandwich. I can so relate to that. some wheat bread. I can so relate to that. Growing up, man, uh, anytime, anytime we were hungry and it was outside of a meal time, like a, a traditional meal time, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, my pops would be like, peanut butter jelly. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fucking Roger that. That's what I found. It's funny because in my office right now, I have a loaf of bread, peanut butter, and I'm just like, <laughs> I miss lunch. We're going to have a peanut butter and jelly today, baby. Breakfast, I didn't bring breakfast. We're going to have a peanut butter and jelly. That's funny. You go to the beach uh, on a whatever day. Do you go in the water or do you enjoy the sand and the sun? You go in the water no matter. If you're going to the beach, you're going in the water. I don't know. It's your fault for going on a cloudy day, but you're going in the water. So mandatory you hit the water. You have to. Uh, to do, are you a tiptoer or do you go full? There, I don't get how people tiptoe. For them, good for you, but hey, I got to go all in or I'm not going. Belly flop. What about you, Jay? I'm, I'm going to say it depends. Oh, Raymond was upset with that answer. <laughs> look, some, look, sometimes I like to take just, I like to go on drives and if I go to the beach, I'm not I'm not getting in if it's cold. I like cold showers, but I'm not I'm not about I'm not about to get It'll hypothermia. I'm not about to get hypothermia just to freaking go in the water. Aggressive stance, but I like it. Uh Raymond, do are there aliens in the world? Yes. Jerison. Definitely. Damn. Okay, one hundred percent. Raymond, if right now you can experience an alien encounter with no physical issues, you come back safe, but you have an experience with aliens, they abduct you, they fucking poke, prod you, but you come back safe and you're guaranteed safety, do you experience that? What kind of poking are we talking about? Uh, Just, uh, yeah, 
Great question. <laughs> just they run their experiments. We don't. We <laughs> don't know. Then that's a no. If okay. I don't know, that's a no. Okay, let's remove the poking. Okay, then you get abducted. Hey. You get to experience an an alien. They take you out of this earth or out of this environment. They do their thing with you, but you're guaranteed safety to come back, not knowing what people say. They believe you. They think you're crazy. Do you have that experience? No. Jerison? I'm going. No what? questions asked. No. Because if they're, they're going to like. I'd rather not know about nah, it. If, if they're about to like, you know, levitate me onto their ship, I'm going to write it out. So you're doing it. I'm doing it. For the record. Any aliens listening, my name is Alex. I do not want any interaction with not. you. My brother Raymond Garcia does not want any reaction. If you guys want to do a social experiment, pick up my boy Jay. Hey, but just give me a warning. No, there's no hey, warning. You know, hey, he wants to poke and prod him. So if you're going to come pick me up, whatever holes, hey, just go ahead and knock because uh, I got issues. So Okay. Does Bigfoot exist? Raymond. Yeah. Whoa. Jerson. I don't know about that one. Hey, maybe incest. Think about it, incest, and it goes just down the line, right? And you get every <laughs> evolutions of it, and then all of a sudden you wind up with a fucking incestual fucking Bigfoot. Okay. Aggressive stance again, but I love your thought process. Have you guys heard of the chupacabra? Yes. Does that exist, Jerson? Yeah. Oh. Maybe. Wow. I don't know. So the Chupacabra was a dog-looking creature that sucked the blood out of goats and yeah. people. Raymond, yeah. does it exist? Yes. Incest. So. <laughs> See the trend. <laughs> Evolution has taken its course. So wait. Actually, do not wait. I'm not going to go into it. Because I feel like we're, gonna, we're doing really good. We haven't done anything too far out of the spectrum here. So we're going to continue on with the positive vibes. Hey, very interesting, dynamic perspective. Jerson, are there any questions for Raymond that you would want to know? And then I'm going to ask Raymond any questions on you would want to know. Um, let's see. I think, like, my only question right now would be, like, what, what advice, and, and same to you, like, what advice would you give? The youth, I think, to to just reflect on and 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 sit with, like, what what's the the main um, advice you would give to to like someone who's younger than you? Uh, you know what's funny is actually I, I was asked this two weeks ago, so I I know exactly what I'm gonna say. <clears throat> I would say, find what you absolutely love, right? Whatever that is, whether it be a goal, a specific like job title, whatever it is. And you, everything that you do from now until you achieve that, you fucking do, no matter what. And you dedicate everything that you have for it to achieving that goal. What about you, Alex? That's a good question. That's a loaded question. That's heavy. Um, I think there's aspects of what Raymond said I want to incorporate into it. And I would also say slow down and don't be so hard on yourself. We kind of have this perspective or this idea that we need to have shit figured out. And life is long. Life is fluid. Life changes. 
our experience changes. So to slow down, be kind on yourself, um, be patient, and really, really understand that our journeys are so different. You know, we're all on the same trip. We have different baggage that we bring on the trip. And be okay with adversity. Be okay with uh, life not panning out the way we envision it. So be, uh, like 18 answers I just gave you. But be patient, be kind with yourself, and be okay with things not going the way that we expect them to or that we perceive them to. That's a really that's a really good question and I want to ask you that question as well. Uh I mean I mean I, I think like for me it's more just like what both of you said, just like slow down and then find what you're passionate about and just keep going at it because I feel like that's the advice I would want to give my younger self. Just find what, what I'm passionate about and just stick to it because I feel like a lot of the times we're encouraged by our peers to to just strain away from what we believe what we believe in and it's like we we sort of lose ourselves as as time goes by. So just making sure that, you know, we're like we're aware of like what we believe in and what you know, we care about and just making sure that, you know, we stick to it and not change ourselves just because everybody else is is encouraging us to go or sway a different way. That's deep. That's real shit right there. Raymond, if there's a question you want to know about Jerison or a little deeper about his perspective on life. Yeah, and it's one that I want to ask both of you. But uh, when you wake up in the morning, what, 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 what drives you? What gets you out of bed? What, what gets you going? For me, I th- I think it's it just revolves around family and and just making myself proud because I feel like most of the time we're hyper focused on making sure we're making everybody around us proud, but you know we strain away from checking in on ourselves and making sure we're you know we're doing what whatever it is we set our mind to. So like when I wake up in the morning, I'm just like okay like. I think about all the things that, you know, my family has sacrificed to get me to this point, and that's what drives me. Like They sacrificed, you know, being away from their family and just being away from, you know, what they knew to get me to, you know, all these different opportunities. So that's what drives me. It's like making sure that I'm making not just my father, but my, my mom, my dad, um, my brother and sister, making sure I'm making them proud and just giving them a different, um, just a different avenue of like, of what life can look like. Because I feel like a lot of the times we focus on like what our family has accomplished and we, and we limit ourselves to telling ourselves like, hey, this is, you know, they only got this far, so that's as far as we can get. So, like, in the morning, I wake up, and I'm just like, all right, I need to push myself a little harder, and I need to make sure that if I'm not if I'm not pushing myself, like, I need to make sure I look for something that's going to make me want to push myself that, like, that one step further. So, I feel like that's what motivates me. It's, like, just making sure I go above and beyond and just keep, keep pushing my limits, like, 
day in and day out to just make sure that I I make my family proud and make those people that are close to me proud as well. Yeah, for me, I got to be authentic, right? And I, 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 I came up with an answer right when you asked that question, and I want to, that's the first answer I want to be. I don't want it to sway me, but I agree with Jerison. You know, it's always tricky when you go behind someone because then you're like, oh, shit, I should probably be entering like that. Sounds too similar. Yeah, yeah right. Um, but being truly authentic right now, it would be is um, – I'm going to change my answer a little bit. I'm being honest with you. But the first answer that came to my mind was being a better uh, servant, you know, being a better leader. And that starts with serving you all better serving the people that I work f for better, work with better, um, making sure that I show up as the healthiest person in the room. Do I always achieve that? No, I'm not. It's not easy for me to say, especially in a public platform like this, but um, the first thing that really goes through my mind is being better for the people that I work with better for the people I work for and when I say for is uh my subordinates are the people and I put quotations because I don't like that word but the people that are I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for serving and I'm responsible for leading is that's the first thought but as Jerson was speaking I realized that maybe that's not the best and uh what I'm gonna a little caveat I'm gonna add to that is being the best I can be so I'm flawed I make mistakes not the best person i'm not the best leader i'm not the best servant i'm not the best partner i'm not i'm not the best in a lot of categories but if i can chip away at that and uh, be better in those areas i'm really hypercritical of myself so being the best leader being the best servant being the best brother being the best partner being the best i can be what about you raymond oh um uh for me, it goes back to the whole thing of, hey, you leave something better than the way you found it. So whether that be myself, the people I interact with, the environment that I, I live in, um, the environment that I interact with, uh, just being better or leaving it better than when I found it. So if that's me literally just trying to kill myself in the gym just to make sure that like, Hey, I'm better than what I was yesterday. Cause that's how I, that's how I left or that's how I found it. All right. I'm going to leave it better than I found it. Whether that's being in the center and, uh, a, it's, it's a little bit, everyone has their, their days and, and they're, they're coming in there with a little bit more, their, their guard up. And then I come in there, be me. And then, and then as I leave, okay, now they're feeling a little more secure. They want to come in more often. I just want to, what drives me is I get up and I want to, I want to leave a better legacy than when I found it after, or like once, once I'm done. So powerful. I noticed the three of our answers was a lot of uh, selflessness. Uh, I think Jerison's answer was pro, uh, a good leadership lesson I can take in is make sure we take care of ourselves. Know, so I appreciate those just Now I have a question too. Um, Raymond, I'll start with you. What does your life look like, both personally and professionally, 
three to five years from now? Let's talk it into existence. Uh, so personally, um, honestly, I, I would love to be, I, I would love to have a family, like the whole shebang. In three years, I, I would love to have a wife, maybe a kid, get on the way, whether that be that. I, I, I would love that to happen. Um, and also, the, I want to add to that is also having a loving home where whenever we get home, that is the most secure place we, we feel. Um, professionally, uh, I am part of a startup business uh, called Prospect, which is essentially uh, is a platform that allows athletes to monetize their already existing fan base and grow their brand online. And um, I would love to be serving the athletic um, population with just the monetary portion of what they do. So that way they can continue to do what they love without having to worry about finances. And so um, I would love to have us serving a plethora of athletes from big names to up and comers who literally without something like our, our platform um, would have to stop doing what they're doing just to essentially pay the bills. But, I would love to serve them so that way they can literally just keep pursuing their dream, putting their head down, working, doing, grinding, doing what they love, and uh, trying to achieve their goals. Where can they people find more about or support that brand or learn more about Prospect? Yeah, so Prospect, uh, we're as of right now we're still in beta, and we're actually we uh, applied to go on Apple and Google Play stores. But uh, we got initially denied, and we're reapplying after making our changes, and we're hoping to be up on the uh, app stores uh, by the end of this month. And if somebody wanted to be a gracious donor or support the brand, where can they reach out to you or the team to support that? Yeah, so uh, if anyone wants to reach out, honestly wants to learn more, uh, if you reach out to Raymond at teamprospect.com, they can reach out, or I'm sorry, Raymond at teamprospect.org. And they can reach out to me, and uh, I, I can get provide information and also a beta link where they can uh, test it out before we get on the platform or before we get on uh, the app stores. So that's Raymond at Team Prospect P R O S P E C T dot O R G. Yes. Support the brand. Support the dream. Support the the community, Jerison. I think just personally, I think same thing that Raymond said is. Um, three to five years from now just having a family and just just building a home um professionally i would just love to just you know complete my master's program um you know that's that's something i'm looking into like for the future i'm still trying to get my bachelor's but it'd be awesome to be able to complete my master's in three to five years from now and also just Making a difference, not just in the veteran community, but in the the Latinx community. Just making sure that um, all the help that I would have wished I had when I was younger is provided to all the youth um, that that identifies as Latinx, and not just Latinx. I'm not just you know um, trying to specifically work with the Latinx community, but just, just making sure that I, that I serve like 
or that I make a difference or an impact in like the the minority community would be big. I feel like that's what I'm working towards and I feel like that's something I'm learning from you is like just making sure that you know I'm aware of my resources and I provide like all those resources to like the community that I identify with. You're doing an amazing job at it already, brother. Nobody's told you. Raymond, what about you? What yeah, about I'm me? Gonna, damn. I'm trying to get at this. Personally, I want to be better as an individual. I want to work on my, um, some of the, 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 the personal things that I want to work on to be a better son. I want to be a better sibling. I want to be a better um, partner. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better leader. I want to be better to a lot of people that I need to be better to because they deserve for me to be better. I want to work on some personal things, um, minimizing some vices, uh, removing some barriers that I've created in my own life, minimizing some of the self-sabotaging that I tend to do as a man, um, minimizing some of the characteristics that I'm not so fond of, machisto or whatever may be better in my household and then professionally i want to become a better leader i want to branch out and serving people outside of my direct community which is military veterans i want to start serving young men young men of color uh, young men and women of color and um, being a better advocate being a better activist being a better change agent really shaking shit up being a disruptor in a respectful and polite way. So if anybody's listening to this that signs my paychecks, I come in no I come in no <laughs> I, 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 I come with no issues. Um but yeah. Taking it to the next level. Taking it to the next level of um, not only looking after our own kind, but people outside of my own kind. And being better, man. Just being better, being a better leader, showing up healthier. Um, I want to get I want to get physically fit. I want to expand this idea of um, boxing and combat sports because I think it's so humbling. I think it um, reminds me that I'm not the biggest and the baddest, and that's cool. That's healthy for my ego, and continuing to remind myself that my ego is not my amigo. Uh, erase that shit, delete that shit from my life, and showing up better is what I want to do. Raymond, if you had a couple minutes, much time as you need, no no time limit on it, um, you know, and I'm going to preface it with uh, what's really groovy about this from what I've experienced and what's really special about this is sometimes we're talking to each other right now, but other people are listening, family members, friends, acquaintances, leaders. What, what do you want people to know about you um, speaking in this safe space, but knowing that they'll listen to in a later date? What do you want them to know about you? What do you want them to know, period? And uh, what would you like to put out into this uh, world? Uh, the, the biggest thing, uh, the, the first thing I, I'm thinking towards is, is my family. And God damn if I'm not blessed with, uh, with a sort just a, a, an environment of Truly loving people, um, I, I'm, I surrounded myself with, with people I can call my family. Um, 
and uh, I feel like I'm doing doing pretty well, just overall as as a holistic approach, mentally, physically, uh, emotionally. And so I just want to let them know, thank you for everyone for being part of my life and for impacting me in whatever way, whether it be positive or negative. But uh, yeah, I don't want to take up too much time. So yeah. Anything that you want to say to anybody speaking through a third party? You know, it's easier to talk to each other. We're at this table. But if you knew that there were people listening on the back end, something you would want to say to certain people without having them directly in your face. I mean, yeah, I feel like as he was saying that, it's, it's more just to address family. I think that because of everything I've been through and all the experiences I've had, not easy to just communicate like all the hardships and stuff that I've gone through so just to thank family and friends and when I say friends I mean I say that loosely because like I don't I don't have that many friends I feel like most of the people I come across with I, I, I in a sense I identify them as family so just making sure that you know I let everybody know that or everybody I consider family with, you know, including both of you, is that, you know, thank you for being patient and just, you know, not putting up with, but just dealing with everything that, you know, I might not be able to express and just making sure that, you know, you, you know, every single, every single person that I consider family just encourages me to do better and pushes me and and just fills my drive to just push myself and and I just want to say thank you, you know, because it's not easy, especially knowing myself, because I, I know I'm 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 hard to deal with at, at times. So just thank you and you know for you know for just people who I don't know or. You know, I, I might come across in the future. It's more of just, um, just be patient. You know, give me that space to grow. And, you know, if there is opportunities that, that I can take, I'm willing to take it. But under the right leadership, like, like with this whole PAVE program thing, it's more of like, you've created, Alex, you've created like a, a good leadership um like you provided like the leadership that I feel like I've never came across you you're there for us you let us know that you're there for us and and to have that support from someone who is who is above us in a sense is important cuz we don't feel like we're anything less and we I personally I feel like I'm a reflection of all the stuff that you put into it so just for future leaders and for just any any person in the leadership position is just making sure that you're allowing for those who are below you in a sense to feel like they can be an extension of you and just keep pushing whatever it is that you believe in and all the stuff that you're teaching them to be able to just keep putting that into the community i feel like that's very important I feel like that's not a lot of things that a lot of leadership styles offer. It's more like me, me, me. 
and I'm gonna do this a certain way, regardless if it works for you. I feel like you, Alex, personally, haven't done that at all. It's more like if it doesn't work for any of us or all of us, you know, we're not gonna push forward with it. And to me, that's been the biggest impact. It's like, I don't just feel like I'm part of a team, but I feel like I'm part of a family. And that's that's really important for all the leadership that's that's listening to this podcast to take from. It's like, you don't just want to build a company. You want to build a family that can keep pushing and shape the future of whatever it is, the company it is that you, you work for. It's like, just making sure that that all the work you've been putting in is, is reflected on not just on yourself but on the staff and I feel like Alex you've done a tremendous job in doing that is like we're not just representing ourselves but every time we go out there and we communicate with our peers and anybody on campus we're a reflection of you and every time I do something I'm making sure that I do it to the best of my ability because that reflects on you and anything anything I mess up on is going to come back to you so I would just want to make sure that I I I put my best foot forward and I make you look good not just you but the team as well cuz we work as a unit and that's important to me and I feel like that should be important to everybody else who's listening And what about yourself, Alex? <clears throat> Powerful stuff. Yeah. That was cool. <clears throat> that was cool. Thank you for that. Um, that was cool. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Definitely not above you or below you. I'm on my side of you, and 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 I know and I know I know uh, I'm alongside of you all. So that's cool. And uh, I'm alongside of you all. So thank you for that. I'm uh I'm alongside of you. be a pillar of hope then uh, I won in life so thank you for that a pillar of hope uh, my m one of my pastors Pastor Phil Aguilar from Seffrey Church he's like uh, he says some groovy things and one of the things he says is that uh, uh, you know, essentially not the direct quote but don't be a dealer of dope but be a dealer of hope hope that I, I deal hope so that's really cool that's special to me uh yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you both um you guys inspire me you guys motivate me um you know we do this for fun you guys take the time out of your weekend to come sit with me and hang out and uh i didn't i didn't know where this was gonna go i didn't know what what was gonna be said there was no script but I'm I'm leaving here tonight really inspired, really motivated, and 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 you know, I, th I think one of the, our guests, Dr. Kim Reynolds, said sometimes we hear things when 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 we need it, not when we expect it, and and, and 
I needed that because I'm really hard on myself. I'm not easy on myself. So that was really special to hear. And I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I'm inspired. And I'm motivated to to be seen as that. And I'm, I don't take that shit lightly. So thank you for inspiring me, motivating me, and uh, making me feel like I'm a dude of hope. And I'm alongside, right? My, my my thoughts are scrambled right now, but I'm alongside of you all on this journey. I'm alongside, right? I'm not superior. I'm not inferior. But we're peers, and I'm alongside. And if I can instill hope, then I've won in my life. And I've already won in my life a lot just hearing some of this stuff. So Another thing that he says is like talking about wealthy souls. You know, My soul is so rich because of people like you. You both and so many that came before you and so many that hopefully will come after you if my ass don't get fired. So uh, I have a wealthy soul. and I'm rich. I've already won in life. I come from two substance abusing parents. I don't say that disrespectfully, but I say that. That's my truth. So, yeah, this was special. This was a very cool moment. This was rich. This was inspiring. This was motivating. And a couple things that I want to leave with is um, that I learned today. And then I'll ask you all what you learned today is what I learned from Tatai. Is do something out of love, not for it. I also learned that barbecue chicken out of uh, Fullerton on State College is going to come fuck with the brand, kind of come sponsor it. I also learned that I'll be expecting an email from Adele, Katy Perry. Disney Plus, come support the brand, baby. Come support us, man. We out of a one-bedroom apartment. You know what I mean? We doing this shit on our free time. So come fuck with us. Make a, make, make a motherfucker's dream come true. <laughs> Raymond, what would you learn today? Man. Uh, I learned that I'm surrounded by men right now that are way deeper than I even expected anything or then I expected them to be so um a lot I, I learned a lot, honestly a lot that I can't even put into words I just want to say thank you for honestly just being in my life and uh thank you for allowing us to even just talk about this whether even I'm even if it's through a, a public setting like this but we definitely need more of these oh yeah Rick. so thank you Reoccurring guest for sure. Jerison, what'd you learn today before we hit this motherfucking outro? Uh, not just today, but I feel like if if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I feel like you need to go back to the first one because I've been listening to every episode that Alex has put out and I, I've taken a lot. Day from one, motherfucking support. Yeah, right right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I've learned something from, from each and every episode, like from Kwong to... Uh, Dr. Renault to Eddie to Joey, his nephew to Joey and his daughter. You know, every every episode you you have something to take away from. So, so just you know, from from this episode alone, you know, because from the episode, I mean, just from the top of my head, like the episode with Dr. Renault, like that was a, that was a powerful episode. And if you can just go back and to and listen to any episode, I would highly recommend that one because. His story is powerful, and it's it's motivating. So, um, 
Yeah, I would highly recommend you listen. You go back and listen to his and Eddie's story. But um, from this episode, it's just more of just, you know, I, I'm like Raymond said, like I'm I'm in the presence of of men who want to make a difference and can make a difference. And, you know, we will keep motivating each other and keeping each other on check till till we, you, you reach our full potential. And, you know, who knows what that looks like. So, you know, um, this was fun. This was an eye-opener in, in some sense. And I just, I wish we get to do this more often because it was fun to get to know both of you on a deeper level because I know we don't, you know, get the time to do this on a regular basis so it's it's inspiring there it is do something out of love not for it this is another episode of a collection of conversation my name is alex i'm with raymond i'm with jerry and then we'll hit this intro that jerry makes fun of me because we do an outro but it's really an intro and we're going we're going we're going to knock it out and wrap this one up three hours and three minutes motherfucker if you stayed and you listened to all of this and you're hearing this right now email me at chieflifecollective at gmail.com that's chief life collective at gmail.com if you're within the first 10 people that email me i will send you a shirt limited sizes motherfucker so you're gonna get a small medium or a large and you know i'll be using the extra larges and shit i'm a thick boy so i got a couple of them but gray black burgundy if you're within 10 people that email me i will send you a shirt look the money's kind of funny as my mama said so i might have to just drop that motherfucker off but we from grassroots. Adele, uh, Katy Perry, barbecue chicken out of Fullerton. Hit us up, man. Come fuck with the brand. And that is it, my boys. Yo, what's going on, everybody? My name's Jerson. And I'm Yo, Raymond Garcia. Well You're done, listening boys. to a collection of conversations. Let's go.